doing. There we go. And I love you, man. Yeah, and I love you too, Terry. No, 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 no. I mean it, man. I love you. No, I mean it. I love you. No, you don't, man. We're right here. We're live. We're live on Get Some Color. And we're cooking. Joe Dobbs is cooking. CM Chaz is cooking. I'm cooking. I'm going to take on the world heavyweight champion. And I'm cooking. We're all cooking. Hello. Uh, I thought you were, I, I thought uh, I thought CM Chaz was going to come in with his bit, but I guess that's later on when we do uh, the Clash of Champions. But anyway, anyway. Do it over. Do it over. Do it over. Uh, okay. And here again, some color. There's going to be some. Oh, CM! He just fell on his arse. <laughs> <laughs> he just fell on his arse. I can see. I'm ready to, for all the talk about the wrestling and everything great. Tony, pay me more. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Surprise, bitches. Hello. Mustache. Oh, no. I started oh. started a trend here. What's going on? Yeah, uh, well. Is your child, like, scared of you now? She doesn't know because this happened after she went to sleep. And um, my wife says I have to stay, like, 50 feet away from all schools. But... <laughs> Yeah. Damn. Anyway, guys, welcome to Getting Some Color, where we're going to be talking about WWF Raw, August 12th, uh, 1993, or is it 16th? 16th, I think. 16th. Yeah. It's 16th. 16th, 1993. <laughs> you get the Shockmaster twist right there. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, and we're going to be talking about WCW Clash of Champions 24. If you're looking on Peacock, by the way, they need to fucking date that shit. Yeah, it's, it's it's all messed up. Yeah, you know, like look it up. Basically, it's it's, it's in seasons. I, I just hate it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, yeah, it's tough. But uh, anyway, uh, we're gonna be getting into it in the first blood report because uh, Zach and Chaz went to AEW. Uh, that was it. The the dragon uh, sponsored like fucking Game of Thrones shit. House of the Dragon. Yeah. House of the Dragon. That's what it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to get into um, the first blood report. I guess we could get that out of the way. So is it like hit the highlights, obviously, on what was good or bad. Um, I want, first of all, I want to hear Zach's opinions. Like, what? Wh- <laughs> that's basically, I want to hear what, what really happened, and then we'll hear from the shill. Because <laughs> he, I mean, I'm I don't I don't know if because I don't know if you were listening to the show Chaz before you joined us. I was kind of like almost pro Kiss Tony Khan's ass AEW fan. And then like my wrestling side of like WCW and WWF I'm like, "Eh, this is not it's not great." I I'm I'm not like full on like this sucks. Uh, I'm usually like, "Hey, that was good." programming i don't need to like this programming if i don't like orange cassidy i just don't watch a match it's kind of like women's matches back in the day fucking piss break i'll go for a piss break i'll come back when i like things uh but i want to hear zach because he's the most outspoken about like things be like that's kind of dumb so zach give me your highlights (laughs) all right so uh the i mean i'm not going to talk about what they did like on uh you know dark and everything because it's just whatever and Mm. i never watch that stuff anyway um, but they opened up with, uh, 
Brian uh, and uh, Garcia. And uh, it was actually a pretty good match. It was it was the best match of the night, in my opinion. It was just uh, it was gr- it was a good wrestling match. Uh, even though they did the the dumb "I hate you, you hit me" shit, they did that twice. Uh, there's a way to do it that just doesn't bug me, but I don't know. They like to do it the the hokey way in AEW. And they're and they're doing the chair spot by the way too much, where Garcia sits on a chair and then like Danielson just starts uh, doing his kicks. Like I've seen this before. <laughs> why, did you, why did you go to the same spot to get kicked? I'm still not sure. Like if some of these guys are really blading or not. I didn't really bring it up when we were there just because it was too noisy. But I think they used blood capsules because I don't. It just didn't. It went away too quickly. It didn't dry up. It kind of just it like washed away with the sweat. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, not doesn't really matter much. It's just it's it's a lot more noticeable. Uh. It doesn't. It, I'm not saying it's like bad or something. It's just it, it's always kind of weird when I see. Oh, did they blade? And then like you know, ten minutes later, I figure out. Oh, they didn't blade. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, either blade or no, I suppose uh, you don't have to. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious when like the ones that do blade typically are like gushing. Like the yeah. uh, the spot the, the spot last week in the Moxley Jericho match where he pulled out his earring. Well, that was real. Like, you could actually yeah. see where he was missing, like, the earlobe got ripped, and he was just gushing blood. Like, that, that was insane. Like, what yeah, that hell? was just, like, some, yeah, it's, like, a, like in the opposite direction. That's just, like, some grotesque, like, mutilation and shit. Yeah. It's like I said, though, either do it or don't, and you don't have to. If you don't want to, that's fine. Uh, don't do spots, though, where it's, like, uh, like, when we were watching Raw, and, you know, AJ was doing those hit-the-post spots. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, you really should fucking bleed after that. I don't like. I don't see how you could do that spot and it makes that noise and you don't bleed. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to bring, uh, kind of bring up the AJ thing. Like when he was hitting the post a lot and and uh, hitting the turnbuckle, like how Bret Hart does. It's funny that we keep on bringing that. Like, hey, that was a Bret Hart spot. Uh, but that's that's all of AEW. AEW is basically Bret Hart tribute, and then the Young Bucks do their their Tokyo Japan shit. And then you drop acid. It's either bread hey. or acid. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I well, Chaz, what, what did you think about the Danielson and Garcia match? That is, I mean, again, I'm limited to how many things I've watched live because I've only been to so many live shows in my life. That is easily the best live match I've ever watched. <laughs> again, low bar for what I've watched, but again, for the, the live like wrestling I've seen, that is bar none, like, it's not close. Like that's that's definitely the best thing I've seen. Yeah, I didn't really think about that either. I didn't think about it in that context. But you're right. I'll say that that was the best match I have seen live. Mm-hmm. And I can remember. Really good. <laughs> yeah, and and there's a lot of like really good storytelling of uh, of like how things were sold. Uh, there's a lot of like student and master, even though it's like a person that's like not the, the actual student yet. Of course, there's like the stuff that happened afterwards, where they're setting up the Jericho Danielson match at the pay per view with uh, um, Garcia in the middle. I, I really like this. So Garcia now has has actually, and he actually won the very first fall completely clean as a whistle with no yeah. interference, which is actually really good because he hit that brutal like alternate pile driver that looked like a botch styles clash which like terrifies everyone i saw that and like my heart stopped i was like oh god he's gonna kill him <laughs> like it <laughs> looks so brutal um but he beat him with the dragon sleeper and the other time when he beat him when it shocked everyone 
was his own version of the sharpshooter, which they are calling the dragon tamer, which initially <laughs> sounds dumb, but it's actually really cool because it's it's like a dragon slayer thing. So it's a nod to Danielson, but the tamer because he kind of does like the torque of the lion tamer and he's with Jericho now. So like it's actually got like legit meaning behind why they named it that. So uh, oh, that's kind of cool. Tame your dragon. How to tame your dragon. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it should be, but uh but no i like that uh yeah that match was was really good i we, we don't have to go on and on and on uh it's a great match definitely should watch it um before the match though they, there's yeah, something that did happen yeah punk comes out uh gets a huge pop because he had been in there for a while uh cuts this uh this uh promo and initially you think he's about to talk about moxley and then he suddenly calls out page and we find out that he was not supposed to do that, which we'll get into more of that later. Mm. Um, and the crowd gets kind of mixed. Like, I, Punk's getting a little bit of heat, but then he's doing the whole, like, why are you booing me? I'm right type of thing. He's like, tell me when I'm lying. Like, if he's right, he's not lying about anything he says. Um, and then, uh, of course, Moxley comes out. He takes forever to come out. And then Punk's, like, dancing in the ring. Doing he's doing snow, snow angels. angels. He, which he used to do against, like, when he disrespected people at WWE. It was, like, his, like, heel shit. Like, what he, I guess he was over with it, but, like, he would do that to, like, disrespect uh, big uh, names like uh, Trips and Undertaker and, and John Cena. Um, and then they get into this big scrap after some some words get exchanged. I don't go line for line about all that, but they say some things that sounded great. Get to fight with each other. I do like the comment that he made about Moxley. Where he's like, "Hey, you you always ended up being the third person in a in a three, you know, person group." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh like, no, those, those lines were good. Yeah, you're, hard, you're, yeah. You're, you're not even like he's like you talk about being the best. Like you're not even the third best. You're the third best person in your own group. That's a recurring theme. It's like you're not even the best John. I'm gonna beat at the at, in Chicago for a belt. And then he went on and said about Eddie Kingston. He said Eddie Kingston, without saying his name, said he's the third best Eddie he's ever wrestled against, and he's the second best Kingston he's ever shared a locker room with. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this guy is just trying to get all the heat. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Mox, it's pretty good. I, the way I perceived it on TV, like Mox looked good in his promo a little bit, but like CM Punk like owned him fully. The only thing I hate about Moxley so fucking much is he always has to do the the headbutt like pushing thing or doing that movement around like he's like all that and shit and like what did you call it, Zach? I said, well, I, I said it just came to me like that instant. I was like, what the fuck? Why does he always walk around like he's Captain Jack Sparrow? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he does that that fucking shit, everything moving around, uh, like all that. Yeah. Like what? The, what is that? I, I can't believe I, that I never put two and two together before. Hey, uh, someone took a gif of like the movement he did in the ring. Um, whenever, uh, right before they started talking to each other, and they said, "Whenever, whenever it's hot outside and your balls stick to your your leg," <laughs> he's like, "That's <laughs> like, it's pretty spectacular." That's great. <laughs> they got their they got in their little scuffle and the job stopped them. Every time Moxley fucking gets in a position where he's got to punch somebody like that it always looks shitty mm-hmm. i don't know it even looks shitty live to me uh, Learn- I, I think it's too bad but that, i mean you can feature in 
Well, it's here's here's my thing though. If he's gonna be that guy where he's like, I'm gonna fucking make you bleed, and I'm gonna chew on your bones, and I'm gonna I'm in a Fight Club, and he can't look like he, he his fight looks fake. You can't do that. Yeah, go all, go all in. The 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 one segment that I kind of got like really angry about is when they do the punches. Like it looked like Punk wanted to connect, but like stop. But and they were just like uh, 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 and like punching. Like the fake, it like obviously looks fake. How did it look in person? In spots, it looked okay. In other spots, it was like, like I was saying, it wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of took it. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it could be worse. I mean, we've seen people get into positions like that on AEW TV where they're straight and this and a guy's head. And this, and <laughs> Dark and Order, just, December uh, 2019. Never forget. <laughs> I uh, can't. It was pretty uh, egregious. Like, oh, it, it was. I mean, like, they, it was bad. Uh, <sighs> no, uh, so the way I took it was, it was more like, like Halloween vampires. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was kind of like uh, a legit. I, I actually thought, it, in a way, it made it look more realistic because rather than, like, they're actually trying to swing, but, like, they're still getting pulled back a lot. So, like, they're doing everything they can just to, like, grab at each other. Which I thought looked really cool, but yeah, yeah. I think the problem is is that like the guy, the staff are the ones that are supposed to sell it more, and the guy, the staff are just very like just generic like they're 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 not putting any extra effort. I thought the second pull apart segment that happens after was a lot better, especially when Casagnoli uh, comes out, this Claudio just comes out and just grabs him like he's just like the dad of a kid who like is cracked out on like he snorted fucking pixie sticks, and he's trying to get into the fucking. Uh, ring with a, a bear or a gorilla at the zoo and he's like nope we're going home johnny and he just picks him up and walks away with it that it's pretty great. fucking great he did it twice just fucking manhandled him i don't know if you guys uh, saw the memes but like when they were the security and staff were breaking them up did you see the uh austin theory blonde hair guy it looked like austin oh, theory yeah so that's it's funny i saw him on tv after like someone put a picture on reddit about it and someone was like is that is that austin theory's brother hypothesis and I was like, that's funny. <laughs> but to us, we we actually did see him wrestle as a jobber on Dark, but then he came back out. And someone was making the nod about him being like a Targaryen or something because of the whole House of Dragons. We thought he looked like low-budget uh, Tyler Breeze cosplay, and I called him Taylor Pledge. <laughs> nice. There's also uh, low-T Xavier Woods. Yeah, there's a low-T Xavier Woods. Uh, what was the other one? There, there was another one we named, but we, we had all these all these great names. Italian uh, Cody Rhodes. Oh yeah, we had yeah we had Italian Cody Rhodes, which was out there. Uh, yeah, Zach and I uh, we were, were out there for a bit. We were pulling the, the troll bit where we're just like doing commentary between and yelling uh, like uh, the old men in the Muppets. Statler mm. Waldorf. I remember right. it now. I'll never forget it now. But uh, we were doing that for a bit. It was pretty great. All right. Tell me when the scissoring happened. How big of a pop was that? Oh, oh dude, my god! god. It was, okay, I I actually am not sure if it, it, at least being in the arena, I actually think that pop might have been louder than when Kenny returned. <laughs> I, I'm I not, think it was. I like, think it was. I actually think Kenny's pop, ironically, might have been the third loudest thing that happened all night because CM Punk got a really loud reaction when he came out, and, or at the start of the show, and everyone's hype. Mm-hmm. And people were kind of exhausted by the end. Don't get me wrong; they were really hyped for Kenny to come out. But I, I kind of felt like that that got drowned out a little bit. But 
the acclaim pop to happen because it just happened unexpectedly on mm. this show out of all the things. Oh, it was great. Yeah. yeah it was loud. It was I'm loud so, in there. I'm, I'm so glad for those guys too because I've, I've liked them since I saw them. Yeah, so. Oh, man, I love that whole thing though. <laughs> yeah, they, they probably like actually listened to the fans. They were just like, we ended this too early. We need to do something about it. Oh, no, no, no. I think I think this was the plan the whole time. Because of how it played out and how, how like Billy was like, Oh yeah, and then they've done the story. I think this was the plan the whole time, which just makes it so much better because people were I, I was so upset when they broke them up. I'm like, why would you ruin this? Scissor me daddy ass was the best thing of twenty twenty two. It became the best thing again in twenty twenty two. And it did. It was it made it that much better. Sometimes you gotta trust the process, right? Mm. <laughs> oh, I gotta bring this up because I didn't see it, but I heard Jungle Boy got what chanted and he looked visibly upset. Oh yes, he did. It, yeah. it was throwing him off, but it's like his promo is, I know he's trying, but God damn it. He just sounds like he's doing a hostage statement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, not allowed to wear this t-shirt anymore, but I'm thankful to be here. What? Yeah, he, made, he made some kind of reference to like, and I was asking Chaz, I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? And you didn't know at the time. I, well, I, I, I didn't realize what he was talking about. So he came yeah. out. He came out like when he first returned, and he comes out and he literally yells, "Christian Cage, you're the biggest pussy I've ever met!" And like everyone's like, "Oh <laughs> shit, you said this on live TV," which is great, right? Like out of nowhere. And then the next week, he wears a T-shirt that says, "Christian is a pussy." <laughs> See, that's, that's the T-shirt. Good. That's the shirt he's not allowed to wear anymore. So, oh my god. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that that was pretty great when he said that. And then, like, he's trying to run him over, and he's wearing a shirt that says Christian Cage is a pussy, and he's trying to run him over with a car. It's, like, pretty legit. <laughs> they could have censored it. Like, they, they could still have it. Like, it's P, like, you know, uh, apostrophe, apostrophe, or whatever the fuck that is. And I don't know. It's like an old attitude everything. You can get away with it. It'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are ways. Like, well, you, like, you could actually have a cross. Like, you could literally have the picture of a cross, crucifix, have a picture of a cage, is, uh, and then just have a cat. It literally says Christian Cage is a pussy. Oh, see, that's the new way of doing see, it. See, that's so how you just, do it. So just straight censoring it. There it is. You got the straight like, up emojis. That's like the Ms. Chick magnet shirt. I'll never forget. Yeah, or uh, the Mitochondria Hobbs sign that I did. Mitochondria make that I Hobbs. <laughs> it's the powerhouse of the cell for these smooth brains that didn't get it. That's a second form, right? Mitochondria Hobbs. He <laughs> <laughs> just like thirty percent more veins. Yeah, he has thirty percent more veins and power. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that segment was kind of blah until Christian like kind of saved it at the end. Yeah, he was like, "Listen, man, I love you." I don't know why it just made me laugh. <laughs> out, I love you. <laughs> and then, let's recap. Let's recap. He concertoed him, and when he turned on him... That's why it was funny. Then he, then he came out and, made, and said that he was glad his dad was dead. Then he came out and said he wished the rest of his family was dead. Then said, you know, never mind, I'd fuck your mom. Tries to hit on her. And then, like, the shit's on everyone. He comes and keeps talking about how his dad is dead. And then last night, he came out and said... We said some things. things yeah, things got tense. We said some things. You're like a son to me. That was the funniest shit. It's like the fucking nerve uh, of him like in the in the caving sense to say it oh it's great 
so like, what's really funny is everyone's booing, and Zach and I are laughing our asses off listening to this. And we're like, no, it's it's okay. You did nothing wrong, huh? And he's like, and he goes like, shut up, don't listen to it. These people have never accomplished anything in their entire lives. And I, said, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's uh, great. He, he starts kicking his ass, and he, he took a good ass kicking. And he, he did. Got away. Was... Oh yeah, that was the first uh, beat because he threw him against uh, the barricade near us. And that was the first, like, one that was really close to us, and it scared the, the kid in front of us, which we'll come back to that. Uh, and uh, I almost got some signage on there. I actually went back to look and see, because I thought that was the closest I may have gotten to getting my sign on mm. uh, on TV. I, I don't I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't, like, dig through the whole two-hour show or anything. I just tried to find, like, bits where I remembered I, I held it up. I don't know. You can tell me at any point. Did you see any of the signs I held? No, the, the I, I've only seen you guys like talking and like stand up at certain points. I saw Zach actually like stand up and ask the kid if he's all right uh, when the barricade got like opened and shit. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you guys scared the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was more scared for him then though. I was like, God damn, there's like two little kids in front of us. <laughs> they should have like yeah. mapped the fucking. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, we're 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 gonna talk about it because well, yeah, we got some stories. Yeah, it's good stuff. So I don't know what other highlights uh, to say, but I I know Zach brought it up in the messenger about seeing Tony Storm there. This is a highlight for me. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, uh, so yeah, with that, Kylan King. Yeah, uh, underrated needs needs more time on television. She looks. I was really surprised good. by her. Yeah. Yeah, she looked really good. Also, I found out today apparently the name of the hip attack that Tony Storm does is called the Sweet Cheeks Music. I mean, come on. <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, so, so, of course, we get to the main event. Kenny Omega comes out. We hear North Carolina. Uh, that's my favorite part of it anyway. But, uh, but yeah, Kenny comes out. It's kind of almost wearing kind of his cleaner gear. I was really puzzled by his his wardrobe for a bit. I was like, "Why the fuck is he wearing like a is a he compression a... shirt and a weird strap?" <laughs> is that yeah. health reasons or is it just because he's out of shape? Well, that would I be health. It's, it's a work because it's you work. can tell he wore the wrong kind of shirt. That's his problem because you can still tell he's in shape. Yeah. Then... Well, what what they were doing is like all these interviews he's done while he's been out. He's like talked about how like he's like oh, I don't know if I'll ever come back to wrestling again after this if i have to rehab and i'm doing all this and what we don't get of course we're not there listening to commentary i guess don Callis is on there talking about how he's only at like 30 percent, but kenny at 30 percent is better than 90 percent of other wrestlers <laughs> so so like it's fine he can still help them win um but yeah it's total sell like there are like spots i went back and watched like you can intentionally see certain spots where kenny is intentionally botching to make it look like he's rusty and missing things and and like yeah. later on, they rip the stuff off of him, and he's moving well. Ironically, during this match, uh, well, I don't think they've come out with an official injury report on it, but it was alleged that Andrade hurt his shoulder pretty early in in the match. Oh yeah. But instead of like, and you can see like certain parts where he's really like um, favoring it, but then like just work through the match, no problem. So that uh, match was good. Dragon Lee, um, <clears throat> who? What did they do? Did they give like? Did they like hold Fuego del Sol down and just like inject his ass with shark cartilage and fucking bath salts? Because that's what Dragon Lee looks like. <laughs> he was high, he was he's high chief Fuego. Yeah, <laughs> super Fuego. There's uh, also a Roosh, 
who uh, we, we we determined he was on Bronco Juice because he had some pretty uh, rad back acne going. Oh, yeah, Tiny Bronco. That's what we called him. Yeah, there's a guy in the uh, crowd near us that was literally just yelling, Roosh, you suck, and like, Roosh like, kept turning around. Like, <laughs> he was going hard on that. Like, Roosh, yeah. fuck Roosh, and they just look at him and give him, like, the fucking, the, the shit-stiffing look. Like, fuck you. Yeah. We always <laughs> tried to, like, represent the alternative viewers, so I was like, you leave Tiny Bronco alone. He's in there. Uh, and the one thing I realized, which, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things, uh, like, these, these wrestlers... Like they are big. Don't get me wrong. They're like they're jacked. Like Andrade is like in good fucking shape. Uh, God damn, yeah. Yeah, he's jacked, but they're not that tall. So like they don't look towering like you expect. Like when you think about like your classic like eighties and nineties era wrestlers and stuff. So like when they're standing on the the uh, the actual like floor like next to us and shit, I'm like, oh shit, I'm taller than most of these guys. You know, like, oh, shit, I should get into shape. I could do this. <laughs> but, <laughs> You know, that brief moment, it's like, ah, oh, no, wait, I couldn't. Yeah. I'm lazy and fat and all the other reasons. You know, what annoys, you know what annoys me? I'm pretty sure he probably asked for this because of his, you know, heritage and stuff. But, like, they always do the same thing with Andrade. They did it in WWE main roster, and then now they're doing it here. But, like, oh, what do we do with Andrade? Just put him with a bunch of luchadors or other Latino wrestlers. Like, I, I, he, I feel like he could be such a big star he needs a manager he, he uh, like a actual manager not that guy with the ipad uh yeah i, I liked him better when he was on his own because he, he didn't feel like what you're saying you know how they always kind of box a like a latino super wrestler in almost a superstar freaking wwe <laughs> <laughs> if, if, it, if it helps now. like previously like throughout uh the other companies he's worked in, though, the faction he's a part of right now actually is a faction he was originally a part of. Like, it, it's actually something that he did. So oh, okay. I, I don't feel okay. bad. Like, yeah. the faction at Gobernables was a big thing, and then, like, they had this, like, breakup that happened, uh, and they split between ROH and AAA and New Japan, um, which is funny because, like, the AAA and New Japan, uh, like, their company's uh, relationship is very rough, so that, that causes problems anyway, but... Um, like, at least that's there. I will defend that at least, but mm-hmm. I agree with you. It, it is like a trope where it's like, oh, just put them with generic luchadors. Or, like, the here's a good one. Like, the feud Andrade had, like, and he still, like, has had back and forth, has been with the Lucha Brothers. It's like, he doesn't need a feud with them. Mm-hmm. Like, unless they want to work with each other. But, like, I, like you said, it's like, well, what was he doing whenever he was in WWE before he left? He was feuding with all the other luchadors. Mm-hmm. So, like, nobody wants to see that. I I got a question. Was that match a tournament match or was it? Yeah. Okay. So hot take, everybody. I don't think the Young Bucks and Kenny should get the belt. I think it needs to go on to someone new, someone that is upcoming. So who? what's the other trio team that is still in the tournament? Uh, there's Death Triangle. There's, uh, I guess, Best Friends. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so the, the eight teams, I'll just list them out. Uh, they're so of course Kenny and the Bucks, and they, they defeated uh, Ingobernables, uh, Death Triangle, and uh, I'll show it the uh, House of Black, uh, United Empire, uh, the uh, New Japan team that has a Blue Osprey. Oh man, it it yeah. it's being booked for them to win it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I mean, I, I'm not sure because the way it's it's laid out in the tournament is whoever wins between that them and the quarterfinal, 
faces Kenny and the Young Bucks in the semi. So that's not even going to like. So potentially, Kenny is going to face Will Ospreay's team in a, in a semi that's not making the finals, or they're going to face the Lucha Brothers, which Bucks and Lucha Brothers have this big rivalry, and Pack and Kenny have a big rival. Like so, like it's got set up for like there's some storytelling there, but that's not going to be the finals. So on the other side, uh-huh. you have best friends and Trustbusters. And then I think the last one is House of Black and um, shit. This is the last one I don't remember. Fuck, I don't remember the last one. Is it uh, Dark Order? Is Dark Order in it? Dark Order, yeah, it yeah. is. It's Dark Order and House of Black. Yeah, so Dark Order is going to clearly lose to House of Black. Honestly, I think House of Black should win it. Like, yes. in actual, the way it can be set up, House of Black versus uh, Kenny and the Bucks is actually a good setup. And since they're selling the whole thing with Kenny being partially injured. Yes, you know the Bucks are great, but Kenny not at a hundred percent could totally lose to do, the Pagans. Do you the pay, uh, do, do you think uh, the Young Bucks are going to get mad at Kenny? Because I I think what they're going to do is there's going to be an angle where Kenny ruins it, uh, where he, you know he gets pinned somehow, or at least maybe he causes something where they would lose, and then the Young Bucks would turn on Kenny. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know either. And I I mean, I would be fine. Now you guys are in the, the different camp there. I, I'm totally fine if Kenny and the Bucks win it. But at the same time, I would be just as happy with them making it so close to winning it and then getting defeated um, and, and letting House of Black be the, the ones that I get crowned. Yeah. I don't want to see Best Friends win it. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm worried about. Spoilers for the Rampage stuff. Oh, yeah. That's pretty obvious, but I, I don't want to see best friends win. That would be, that that should not be what happens. It needs to be House of Black. They need to be legitimate as champions. And if you put a belt on Orange Cassidy with best friends, I, I have a feeling Tony's like, gonna be like, yeah, we need to put a belt on Orange, and this is the only belt we could do. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Not that I want to spend too much time delving into yeah. OC booking, but I like yeah, but, I feel like they need to go a different direction with OC, but that's that's their own thing. Okay. But, let- let, let's get to the spot. Um... <laughs> the spot. All right. So Kenny tries to like set up to do this Terminator, his, his classic Terminator dive. Can't, gets interrupted. Tries to go do it a second time, and Jose uh, catches him, makes him fall. They, so then the the rest of the team grabs him and sets him up against the barricade. They pull the barricade up to the front, and Dragon Lee decides, you know what would be a good idea. If I just like run full speed and tope through here and just spear Kenny while he's against the rail, what could go wrong? Well, right in front of us where this happens, there's a family of four, two young children. Yeah, this little girl that is just already terrified of this match. She's like, why did they bring me to this? She's already been scared once with the, the anytime like the barricade gets hit. And the other kid, he, he's into this. Like it's that's clearly why they came. He and his dad are like love the show. Like that's what they're there for. Well, this spot happens. They set up, and they, like, kind of step back, but they don't really, like, it's actually funny. Someone yells out, hey, kid, are you okay? Do you want to move? And he goes, no. Like, the kid's like, no, I'm taking this. Like, <laughs> so it's kind of a badass in that way. Don't worry. You're gonna, you're about to turn on the kid, so we'll get there. Uh, so, anyway, the spot, I don't know if you have the clip or pulled it up or anything, but you can see the, the clip where the, he falls, and just as he falls, like, I'm standing right behind them, and... I am really concerned about what's going to happen to this kid. And it's like that instance where if you're in a car and you're about to wreck and like the, your kid's like in the passenger seat or like your loved ones and you like reach out like reactive, like I just reach out and 
I actually caught it. You probably can't see it with lighting or anything, like, uh, which is not bad. I, I don't have like a bad bruise or anything yet, but I like I woke up this morning, my forearm hurts a little bit. Like I took a, a decent bit of the the hit from uh, uh Dragon Lee's little thunder thigh there. Uh, so yeah, you can see the clip. There we go. It's like I'm the guy in the white there, right there for those watching or whatever. But uh, you can pull it back up, like. So, uh, the kid actually takes most of it. Like he gets he gets kind of wrecked by the whole thing. Um, but uh, he he said he was okay. I asked him after. Uh, and what I was pissed about through all of this is the the event staff security not one time went to this family or these kids and asked once if they were all right did nothing like the one little girl she had like they had their drinks like shattered everywhere so like they covered yeah, her soda went everywhere yeah, yeah soda that. went like people got covered in soda the little girl's like terrified now she's crying you can literally hear like if you watch the show like i went back and watched it on a lot you can literally hear this girl yell out mommy like she's like scared of what happened and like, which adds to it i guess so, uh, it's hey, there's me. <laughs> yeah, there's there's yeah, there's Zork there. Like, hey, whoa, man, whoa. what happened? Yeah. So, uh, don't worry, man. Little macho man coming out here gonna gonna make you all better. The, yeah. Is the macho midget all right? <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, okay, brother. <laughs> but uh, so afterwards, all that they clean this up. Even after the show, not one time did anyone ever come back over. In fact, they like it actually irritated me even more that they would come over and like occasionally like fix the gate and correct it in front of this family and never once ask them anything about if they were okay. Because, I'm like, pretty pissed about that. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, it's, oh, oh. Uh, well, you know, the security guard that was there who was bigger than all the wrestlers, he had to make make sure everybody understood that he was a badass. Oh, so. I guess so. Yeah, I gotta, I, I, I gotta yeah. ask, what is this? Oh, the Kip Sabian thing. Yeah, is that yeah, Kip Sabian? Just, yeah, that's Kip Sabian. Uh, We've been doing that for months. That? He's been doing this for like, like six months or something. Okay, yeah, it, it, it's been a while. I don't know why. I have no fucking clue why. I think he like wrestled on Dark or something too recently, um, or like a taping. But he's he's not actually come back out, and people keep referencing him. Like post show, they kept referencing something about him being out there and stuff, uh, which is funny. But I, I don't know why he's not wrestling. I, I don't know if it's an injury or what. But I, I think yeah, it's he, I think that's CM Pulse. By the way, if you, anybody knows YouTuber CM Pulse, I think that's him over there because he was at the show. Oh okay. Yeah. Um. And by the way, if this was the kid, fucking yes. NFT shirt, fuck you, yes. kid. <laughs> that is why everyone turned on him. So I get on Reddit, and this clip, of course, is on there, and people were talking about it, and I'm sharing comments about, hey, this is what happened. I was there, and whatever. And, uh, and I checked on the kid after. I asked him, hey, is your leg okay? And he, like, tweaked his leg a little, but he's fine. Like, he, he toughed it out, and uh, it was whatever. But, uh, yeah, the internet, like, was, like, they were, like, making jokes, like, mm -hmm. uh, Dragon Lee said, fuck them kids, and, like, all these different things. It's funny. <laughs> But then, like, someone comments about how that kid's wearing it, and it's like, I almost was worried about that child, and then I saw that NFT monkey. I hope he died. <laughs> I was like, god damn, fuck <laughs> <damn." laughs> Like, that kid probably doesn't know what an NFT monkey is, so I, like, let's cut him some slack. Well, uh, like, Here's the thing, like, as wrestlers, you should be scouting out the area, right? Like, if I, if, if I see children there, I'm not gonna do a dive spot right yeah, near absolutely. my kids. 
And plus, you're in a trio's fucking tag match. Why couldn't you just go on the other side and just hold them up? And then you have Dragon Lee do that. Do it on the ramp where yeah. it's fucking yeah. safe. It was, a, it was a bad call, uh, and it does not matter if they warn people about it. Uh, and that comes back to the thing. I, I mean, it got that it matters at all if they said it, but I, I, I audibly said it. We get to Rampage, there's another spot where they kind of set up near us, and I said, so help me, if a wrestler jumps over here uh, in a spot, I, I'm choking them out. Like, I, I am actively getting involved. Like, I'm here. I might get my ass kicked, but we're fighting because that's bullshit. Oh, no, no, you guys no. Already, you nearly took out a kid and didn't ask about it, and then you're about to set it up and do it again. And th- thankfully, nothing happened. It was fine. But, I, w- I would have done this. Yeah. I would have put my fucking head first like that and then, like, get spaz out and have, like, a... Oh, yeah. Keep in your pocket for all time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, do the, the, the fucking uh, Kyle O'Reilly. You have to have a seizure. Yeah, and then sue them. And then I own AEW. <laughs> I, I said this off, off, you know, on chat and stuff. Uh, like that when that whole thing happened, I, it just reminds me of all those times like Cornette's talking about. It's like they quit doing shit in the crowd. You're gonna get somebody hurt, and somebody's gonna sue. Mm-hmm. It's happened before. It'll happen again. And yeah, they may put that disclaimer up there, but that doesn't, you know. Yeah, that disclaimer does not protect you. That. Yeah, no, your di- your disclaimer doesn't protect you whenever the wrestlers go what, far out of their way to do it. It'd be different if like someone put themselves in a position, like if someone jumps a ramp and gets hurt, or or jumps the barricade and gets hurt jumping the barricade, that's on them. Yeah, they've, if, they've literally had a guy on their show that is a lawyer from uh, Ch- Charleston, actually, uh, Stephen P. New, and uh, and he said like, yeah, as soon as you cross that barricade, and you do something out in the crowd, like that's you're liable. So mm-hmm. yeah, and. I want to make this clear, too, because I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, Tony should have done something. Anybody, anybody in the back who saw that kid get fucking, like, almost died uh, from a swanton bomb, like Jeff Hardy driving a car somewhere, that like, that could happen. Uh, but anyway, like, one of the wrestlers should have came out with, like, hey, I brought you a shirt with all the, you know, signatures from the back. We're sorry. Yeah. That's actually what makes me most pissed about this because throughout it, you guys don't see this because it's off camera during dark and then after and all this, they had kids that had like birthdays and stuff and they did all this cool stuff where they had like the, there's a match where the Lucha Brothers had had a match on, on dark and they brought a kid and like Penta gave his gloves to the kid and they sang happy birthday to him and held him up with everyone. And then another time um, they brought a kid in with the best friends at the end of the show and, I, and I'm going over all this because they went out of their way to do these things, make these kids feel special during that. But then the kid that gets hit, hurt in a near infamous spot right there, like that could have went way sideways. And and it, it, thankfully it didn't. No one even as much as acknowledged or said a thing to them. And I get the wrestlers were there in kayfabe, and that's fine. But didn't say anything. And I'm not I'm not blaming them for that. But no one came back after. Nobody. And maybe they don't realize it. Like, I'll even give them benefit of the doubt. The wrestlers are so focused on what's going on in, in the moment. They may not have even realized it. it. It still doesn't excuse it, but whatever. But then you have all this other staff and management that are also watching. No one did a thing. Mm. So that's like, like, come on, Tony. You got to be better. Yeah, he, uh, he, his ECW fucking mark just came in. Like, oh, God. Oh, I was in the crowd. It's crazy. I mean, I don't know. Like, like I said, anybody in the back, not even the wrestlers that are in there because they have to, like, stay in character or whatever. But anybody in the back that has fucking kids should have been like, that could have been my kid. If I would have brought my kid to a show and somehow Kenny Omega ended up on his fucking leg and broke it, like, mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd be 
you know, going in the back, getting as much merchandise or maybe just one merchandise and be like, hey, can we do something special for that kid? He almost got hurt. Uh, just sign your fucking name. Well, and people can think whatever they want and think I'm, I'm full of shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a small guy, uh, but I, I grew up basically crackhead alley in the middle of nowhere in bumfuck Egypt, West Virginia. If they would have crossed it again and it would have happened, I would have made some fucking news because I would have been trying to beat somebody's ass. And the, and big guy that looks like he really likes the Punisher comics, yeah, he he would have had to like rip me off of them. I was <laughs> pissed about that. Now again, we got it. We were. I was having a great time. Don't get me wrong. Like so that's like the one little downer of what happened. But it, it was frustrating, and I was more frustrated after I thought about it when we left because, like, you know, things calmed down and you're thinking through things. But, uh, but yeah, in the moment though, I was even then. I was like, I, I knew clearly, like, if this happens again, this is not going to go well. But uh, should have brought the sign that said, "Hire me, Tony. I'll protect your wrestlers. I'll protect <laughs> the fans." <laughs> Just a f- arena, ar- uh, arena medic. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but overall, to me, it looked like a decent show, and I'm pretty sure in person it was probably better. Yeah, uh, and we'll we'll go over all the other stuff. Uh, but watch Rampage too. I'm pretty sure our, our video game sign got on Rampage because there there was a good bit of time there where I held it up, uh, and the cameras were right on us. So I'm I'm hopeful that you'll be able to see that one. Yep. Yeah. The only thing I have to say is uh, I forgot to mention uh, Ricky Steamboat was oh, yeah. the Oh uh, yeah, and yes. then like after he was done with that, he went over to like the opposite corner from where we were originally sitting, and he was sitting over there in the front row, and it pissed me off because these two guys were able to just sit there and talk to him the whole time. And I was like, "Fuck, mm. <laughs> how well, awesome would that be to have Ricky's Nemo sitting there beside you? You like just say stuff to him, <laughs> be like, hey, man, what happened to WCW nineteen ninety three when you were like, oh.'" <laughs> When you're just like saying Paula all the time, did they make you say that? <laughs> were, they, were they wanting you to be like Bruce Lee for like that one month? When they like introduced him and stuff, and they like called out all the stuff about it, I looked over at Zach. Was like, "Hey, I just saw him beat Paul Orndorff for title." <laughs> Watched it that morning. I was like, "Oh yeah, that hell happened. yeah, that's uh, good." Yeah. What else do I say? Uh, oh, it, I, I made a joke it, that it was my birthday. It wasn't really my birthday. And I was like, how come I don't get Jamie Hader to come out here and, like, do something with me or whatever? Tony <laughs> 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 Storm was there, too. I would have accepted that. But, nah, nah, hey, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Also, quick quick shout out to one last thing. Because it didn't happen on the show. It's after. It has nothing to do with, with any of the, the live things. But it was funny as fuck. I, I don't know if Zach liked it or not. But I laughed pretty hard. Um at the end of uh, the show, you know, the, at the end of the Rampage stuff, um, Danhausen gets involved, spoilers, with the, the, the match. They have with best friends or whatever. But after, they're all, like, all out in the in the ring, and they actually bring a kid and do the birthday thing. Then Tony comes down, and, like, there's this weird thing where Danhausen's going on about how it's his – because apparently it is it was Danhausen's birthday. And he's like, I mean, we sing uh, happy birthday. The crowd sang to Danhausen and this kid. And then Danhausen's like – Ah, this is bullshit. Everyone here is legally obligated to give me $10. I'm not leaving until I get $10. And then Tony comes out out of nowhere. He's like, when you first came here, you know, he's yelling like he obviously does. If you first came here, you gave me, I needed a dollar, which I think is hilarious because he's literally a billionaire. Why the fuck are you getting a $1 bill from from Danhausen? But never mind that. And And then all of my best wrestlers got hurt. And now here we are. 
did you curse that dollar bill? And Dan House is just like, I, I would never do that. And then he like is obviously like leaning over to like one of the other guys, but still talking into the mic and just, yeah, I cursed the boss's dollar bill. This is not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really dumb, like comedy nonsense. And they kept going on about uh, about that. Tony Khan acted like he was going to kick Dan Housen in the nuts, and then they hugged it out. It's it's, it's stupid. Oh, and then Tony yeah. was giving out hugs and high fives to people, but we left. <laughs> yeah, you also didn't get to see him coming out and being white clawed out of his mind. Oh, yeah, it's Charleston. You're the best friends ever. And we, it's the first time we've ever done Rampage, but we'll be back. We love Charleston. Nine days. Nine days. <laughs> Mr. Electricity, Tony Abrams. Oh, I guess I should bring it up. What are, what are, the, are we doing all out? As in? Like reviewing it. Oh, I was like, uh, I can't go, if that's yeah. what you're asking. <laughs> yeah, I, I work. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm fine with whatever you guys want to do. We can maybe talk after the show and figure out a plan there. But uh, I'm sure our viewers would like it. Yeah, for, for, for all four of you that, that watch this in the next couple of weeks, let us know if you want us to watch it before it actually happens. Yeah. I'm just kidding. We have more four people. I love you all. Yeah. All, all six of you. We have five people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, we're going to get hits out of this mustache. This mustache slaps. <laughs> uh, so let's get to the CM Punk stuff. Uh, so he br- he does the promo where he talks about Paige and shit. And it seems like it starts to rustle some jimmies in the back. Uh, and Russell some jimmies on Twitter as well um, because of what the dirt sheet said, uh, where apparently Paige didn't know about it. People in the back were upset that Punk didn't, uh, you know, bring it up to the staff or even Paige. And, and I thought to myself, I was like, when, d- like, the only time I think you would go to a person and be like, hey, man, I'm going to talk about your dead mom. Um, so just so you know, is that cool? Like that stuff I could understand where you're going up to a person and be like, Hey, I'm going to do this promo. But when did, when did wrestlers need fucking permission to fucking do a promo? Fuck. Never. Well, well, I mean, pretty much like, uh, all of WWE, like not F when they, when they got the F out, they were mm. like, yeah, we're going to script promos and then you got to get permission for stuff. But that's, that's the same thing. No, I'm, before, I'm memeing, but but yeah. before that, the infinite amount of time before that was the answer is never, never exactly. And what's and actually let's, let's let's talk about that. What, what's wrong with him actually cutting that promo? If anything, it's a great thing. There, there's actually a story here, and it, it, again, people are getting worked, and that's the whole thing. The real story here is wrestler does a thing, and marks are fucking marks. Like get over it. You're getting worked, and that's the whole point of wrestling. So it means they're doing their job. Yeah, Punk and- has come in the whole time acting like he's some hero and happy to be here. But literally, the top baby faces in the company, like that, are universally loved by every, by, you know, most people. Of course, talking in the general sense, uh, which would include Paige, Kingston, and now Moxley. He has beef with them. That that means that he's the bad guy. Like that's the whole point of this. Uh, someone said it great. They actually said on I was reading online, and someone said he is '90s Shawn Michaels, but he thinks he's '90s Brett. Ah. Which is actually a really, really cool take. I And people are just getting worked. They didn't get fuck over it. Yeah. I, the other story is a little interesting because I, I don't know where that comes out of. But yeah, I, I, th- I think this is bullshit. I just it's dumb. Like, it's a good thing. Like, it, he didn't he didn't pretend to go out there and talk about how he, he fucked Paige's wife and threw his kid in the river. Like, people don't come fuck down. 
Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and and it's like shouldn't you be honored like if you are if he is bringing you into some type of feud and stuff be like oh man now i i have a storyline if they ever want to write it in there where i have beef with, with punk and maybe i go after the title again or maybe i don't and have a really good match with cm punk where somehow bret hart's uh one of his uh moves are gonna be <laughs> in the, the match but like at the same time the other story now is conflicting now i don't know if that's either a aew or punk just working the fucking dirt sheets and all the the rumor mills or is it actually fucking true? Because in the article that I linked in our chat, it talked about how Punk was upset about how Paige did something to him and took liberties with the promo. Um, I forgot what the promo was about, but it was something. Oh, it's about uh, Colt Cabana. Yeah, he said something about that. Yeah, and apparently Punk was pissed off about that. And he. Uh, the article said that this promo about Paige was his receipt. I guess rather than what they used to do back in the day and beat the shit out of you or do a, do a rib on him or something in the in the locker room or in the match. <laughs> I tasered his balls. Receipt. Yeah, Let's yeah. go to wrestling court. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the Undertaker's like, that's fine. Buy me a case of beer and a steak dinner, and we'll call it a deal. <laughs> yeah. So, like, this was a receipt, and apparently he was threatening to quit. Which, I what I have to say about that is, like, I'm not surprised if he did say that because he's taken his ball and left once before. He, he'll do it again, and, he, and he's very vocal about that. But I, I, I truly think we're all getting worked um, into a shoot brother. Uh, and if that's happening, good. But if, if, if it is real and CM Punk is being a bitch, uh, and it goes both ways, both people are being bitches both page and the people in the back and then punk being like you know since you guys can't take my rip i'm just gonna fucking leave uh yeah like well so and this is uh this is all from the the guy that uh on reddit that whatever the poster was and i looked actually back because i want to give him props as his username but i don't i'm sorry i couldn't find the the, the specific post it was in because it was deep in a comment thread but uh so the, the this is actually like a, a infamous take that happened. So the the exact same thing happened back in the '90s when Undertaker and Shawn Michaels were feuding, and Shawn knew that Undertaker wasn't there. It was like a pre-taped thing, and he called him out and waited for him to come out, and he didn't, and then called him basically a coward, like in the same way. Like it was almost like the same thing, just a mo more modern take of it this time. And then not not too much long after that, Shawn loses a smile. And goes home and it's like I don't want to be here and all this other stuff. Like it, the the guy's spot on. This is literally people getting worked. Like this is this is a guy that came back and everyone thought this is like the spiritual son of Bret Hart coming back to wrestling and we're happy. And he's actually Shawn Michaels' fucking kid. That's that's what this is and it's great. So I'm I'm here for it. And people just need to get the fuck over themselves. Like people do way way worse stuff and there's no actual heat there. And Punk can literally say about whether he wants to quit or not all the time. If anything, it solidifies the line that Moxley said. Well, Moxley called him out and said the only reason you even came back is because you're out of money. So obviously, he, it's a false threat if he's saying he's going to quit because he has not money. Mm -hmm. so, long story short, people need to get over themselves. You're getting work. That's the point. Yeah, and, and stop doing like when there's a diss. Like, oh man, 
He's, does he is he actually a fucking sexist and all that stuff or a racist? Like I'm not saying they say sexist and racist stuff, but like they dissect it to the point where it'd be like, oh, Christian Cage is literally he's a white guy talking about a dead father. I'm like, where is the race coming in? One, first of all, Jungle Boy and Luke Perry are fucking white. <laughs> like, like, like you gotta stop dissecting. The reason why there's heels is because you're supposed to fucking hate him. And Punk is doing his job where he's kind of that tweener. He's kind of like the Bret Hart of the, the the end of the 90s where he was like pissed off at fucking Vince McMahon and, and spitting on him, but he was still fucking Bret fucking Hart. And which I believe that that was the best time for Bret Hart is when he was fucking heelish a little bit. I, th- I think he's more like Bret Hart in uh, uh, WCW in like uh, 2000. <laughs> where he was like... Like he he knew like he was wasting his time there, and when he started doing promos, it was like he didn't give a fuck. He'd just say whatever he want. Mm-hmm. Like he got that promo on El Dandy, like he was gonna have a match with El Dandy on Thunder, and it's like <laughs> the most hilarious. Like like he just roasts him in the most dry Canadian Bret Hart way. He's just like El Dandy, and he's like talking to VG. He's like, "What can I say about El Dandy? He's a great wrestler, isn't he?" <laughs> it's like, so I look forward to competing with El Dandy. So that means Goldberg needs to come to AEW and spear CM Bill Punk. Goldberg. I would love to see what happens if Bill Goldberg comes and talks to Bret Hart. That'd be great. I want to see Bill Goldberg. That's another Bill funny Goldberg. Thing. Is that fucking stuff where like Goldberg's like, I'm done apologizing for that. <laughs> He's like, I apologize for the rest of my life for that. And he won't accept it. So like, I'm done. And you know what? Like after, I kind of, I, I get it. Like I understand all sides of of the whole situation. It, it, it in a way, and I know we're kind of going off topic about uh, about Brett, but like Brett is is great. He's a great promoer. He's a great wrestler, but he's also kind of a bitch at the same time. He's always bitching. Can be. Yeah. Here's my thing. If he can forgive Vince and Sean and all them, he can fucking forgive Goldberg for accidentally kicking him in the head. Mm-hmm. I, I love that Goldberg like just recently did that interview where he was like, "I'm tired of apologizing." And then like a couple days later, someone was at like one of those random fan cast things where they went up to Bret Hart and said, "Hey, Bret Hart," and they like they literally said today's date, and they said, "Bret Hart, do you still do you forgive Goldberg?" And he goes, "No." <laughs> and he just says no. And he just keeps going on with what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so um, I, I, I'll move on to this, but Bret, Bret Hart is my. It's not a hot take because so many other people think it, but it's whatever. Bret Hart is the, the greatest wrestler of all time, and and there, we only got to see only what we did because of everything that happened. But I don't necessarily blame Goldberg for it. I blame WCW because they did so many other things to ruin everything anyway. So it's easier to forget, like, think about that, that part, but think about what they did to even bring him back in. But we, we don't have to get there. If we wait long enough and you keep watching the shows, we're eventually going to see whenever they ruin Bret Hart. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe, unless we just never watch WCW. We got to get him off the off of ice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. It'll get better, be Nitro. I'll be off probation soon. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we don't have to go deep into CM Punk. Uh, people need to lighten the fuck up and stop being pussies and stop working yourself. The same, seat. the same people that are, are bitching and covering all this now and are thinking, oh, it's, it's heat or 
and there's all these other problems. They're the same people that think that MJF is actually actually has heat and is leaving. Yeah, and he's going to WWE. Every time, yeah, like, and maybe he really did have some arguments about how you should get paid more because he's moving the needle for them. And maybe that is real. Like, that's fine. They should be fighting for getting paid more if they're out there busting their ass. That's the whole point. It's their fucking job. So, like, that they can do that, and they're not. He's not actively walking away. Like, that's a work. It's called being patient, but we all have squirrel brains, and, and it's just part of just part of what's happened the last thirty years. I'll leave it at that. All right, I got some booking. Um, I'm not gonna go deep into it, but a lot of people have been talking about how because he said shit about Paige, that either Paige or Eddie Kingston is gonna come out to ruin the title uh, for uh, CM Punk. I think it's something different. I think MJF is gonna come out and ruin Punk's chances of unifying the titles and then that's going to lead into all out cm punk versus uh mjf again because mjf has to beat cm punk in my opinion um and what way to do it by the way um where because both of them they could be like i don't want to be here anymore <laughs> loser leaves town match like a, a shoot loser leaves town where it's pretty much a, just a vacation where if if i win you're fired and then you're out for like they can't afford that by the way um aew because i think they need cm punk in there certain times but i think yeah. it, i think it would solidify mjf a little bit more if he literally takes cm punk out of aew for a little bit so, so just to help elaborate a little more, so what he's talking about at the end of the show, and I say this because at the live show, I didn't realize this. They didn't really announce it at the live show or give anything to give, let us know what they meant by it. I, I found out afterwards. That whole thing that happened with John Cena, or John Cena, John Moxley and uh, uh, Punk led to them deciding that next week, in Cleveland's uh, episode of Dynamite, they are going to have the unification match, even though it's two weeks away from the pay-per-view. So that's that's what we're talking about now. And a lot of people are going on about how there could be a DQ finish or this or that, and it leads to a higher stakes match um, at All Out. I hadn't heard or, or really thought about that, but I actually really like MJF coming back out of nowhere and screwing Punk, because then it leads to... Like it, the whole Moxley, I, who Moxley faces is is up in the air. So that's a little dicey, but we can figure that part out. But mm. Punk facing MJF, um, in Chicago at All Out, and it's the one year anniversary of Punk returning to wrestling in terms of like his actual first match. And when he first came back, he wrestled someone everyone likes, and now he's wrestling MJF after that blow off feud that happened, and it's in Chicago. Like I, yeah that that seems that seems like a really cool idea. That would so I'm, I'm behind it. That would launch MJF and I, it, the Mox situation. By the way, I thought about it, and I know they're doing like a stupid fucking program with Miro right now. Um, but what if Miro steps up? Where Mox says, you know, since I don't have a fucking challenger, who's gonna be challenging me for this title? And then uh, I almost did Rusev's fucking. Putar Vulia, Putar Rusev. Yeah. Miro's story is not stupid. He's hunting pagans. Yeah. He's spreading Christianity. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the don't worry, you'll get more of that on Rampage. Spoilers. 
yeah. ready for that. You're going to get some Miro and some stuff actually Would you happens. fucking explain to me what he was doing? I was like, are you serious? <laughs> it's actually so dumb that it's awesome. Yeah. It, it is. No, it's actually really cool. When you go back and listen to like the uh, the promos he's cutting about, about everything, about whether he should kill the pagans or join the pagans, he doesn't know what his god wants him to do, but he knows that whatever he does, he's going to destroy them. Uh, it, it's it's fucking it's pretty funny I, I love insane religious Miro I don't know what what, what that is oh, the, but the god redeemer. damn it it's so good the redeemer's great yeah I, and I mean I'd be fine with he and, him and Moxley fighting but I I, I feel like uh, I feel like that that is the one problem is like you come out in a weird spot where you're less than two weeks away from pay-per-view with that mm. match and now you like so here's the thing there's only two dynamites left so you have the dynamite that we're talking about now, and then one more dynamite, and and you're. I would assume this match happens as the main event. If it goes on first, maybe that uh, maybe the way you explain it is like something how it happens later on in the night or something. But if you're going to have the big screw over and stuff, that would happen at the end. So that that's the only thing is like, well, who in the world is left to actually fight Moxley, and it be viable that you don't think Moxley walks out as champion. And that's what makes it kind of tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Paige and Moxley fight. I, I mean, that's again. I know you guys weren't high, as high on on Hangman, but that that could be interesting. Uh, but I, I don't know who else you put in that spot. Cole is still hurt. Um, you could do a weird thing where maybe Daniel. Oh well, Danielson's doing the thing with Jericho, so that, that's off. Um, William Regal. Yeah, I don't know. I it would be interesting to the third Hollywood blonde. Oh my god, no. Uh, <laughs> you got me triggered. Fuck. But you know what makes me more triggered, bro? Uh, bro. 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 Zach, bro. What, 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 did, what did that bro, uh, Vince Russo bro, said on uh, Twitter, bro? Um, I- as my esteemed wrestling mentor likes to call him, he refers to him as shit stain. Uh, <laughs> like, lately, like, with, uh, since WWE TV's gone on past SummerSlam, and everybody, seems like everybody's reacting to it pretty positively. Mm-hmm. Like, all the fans and stuff. It, there's, there's like, a little bit of a buzz around the product right now. Um. I've been seeing like these articles, uh, these reports, and it's like the way all these fucking websites like to frame it is like former WWE personality says Triple H is ruining the product or he's he's burying this guy. or It's always something really negative when like everybody's like really positive right now. Like everybody is mm-hmm. uh, from people in the company and outside. Uh I'm like, who the fuck's that? And it's always goddamn Vince Russo. <laughs> it's always Vince Russo. And he's like, bro, he's ruining it. He's pushing these these guys that are just nobody that just wrestle and they don't have any personality, bro. Who cares about Kevin Owens? Who cares about? I'm like, are you fucking serious? Kevin Owens doesn't have any personality. He, like, one might make the argument that's probably his strongest point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a good wrestler, but it's like. He's kind of like a fat guy in like a t-shirt shorts. <laughs> yeah, but when when he's angry and wants to like kill you, um, you fucking believe that shit. Somehow yeah. he pulled that off. And I don't know. I don't know how. 
And what what I want to bring up in Chaz, I don't know if you watched it, but the promo that Kevin Owens and uh, uh, Drew McIntyre, yeah, yeah, I watched the highlight of that. It was really good. Yeah, Drew. They talked you into that match. If you saw it, you're like, oh fuck, and you just wanted to see what happened. Yeah, they back then in the in the Vince era, like the near the the tail end Vince era, like PG Vince era. Um, he the dark age. Yeah, he would always do like this. You're like. I'm d- this is me just pulling shit out of my ass. Be like, you're stupid. Well, you're stupid. We'll be right back. We're going to have a match. This one was like, it's time to fucking wrestle. Stop talking your shit. And let's do this shit. And, like, I also watched a couple of clips, by the way, uh, that WWE has been posting. They're actually talking in the ring uh, where they're, like, talking shit to each other. Like sh- They're like, shut up your fucking mouth. And, like, they would throw you into the ropes and stuff. I was like, that's awesome. Like, you don't need to put that on the main show like for us to hear all the time, but put that on social media because that's what makes it real as a fight. Because if, you, if you're if you using social media that way where they're talking shit in the ring, I could be like, oh, they fucking hate each other. What's going on here? But then when you have them, I don't know, show up on Twitch and they're all fucking playing soccer, FIFA and shit, then that gets out of the window. But you got to don't go to their... Uh, uh, which, by the way, si- side story, just a quick side story. Triple H is allowing wrestlers to stream now, so they're not being blocked like Vince blocked them. I mean, they can also say wrestling and belt and yep. ambulance and hospital. And, I still love and, that. In other words. I think mm-hmm. Drew said, we're freaking wrestlers standing in the wrestling ring, so let's just wrestle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then they, they can also slap their thigh. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of shit they can do. And actually, the contrast to that is in that match with uh, – Garcia and uh, Danielson. One of the things that happened in that spot, it's like during those like exchange things or whatever. Uh, after uh, that, I know Zach isn't too hot, hot on, but um, at one point, like they they move away from that, and Garcia's got the the edge, and then he comes back and he hits him, and Danielson just yells at, "Hit me harder, you fucking bitch!" I just yells. <laughs> Like, holy shit, what? Like, you said that on live TV, and he clearly yelled it loud enough. Like, I've not went back and watched that exact moment, but I guarantee you can hear it, and maybe they'll they'll fix it after. But, like, it's like you said, it makes it real. Like, that's the point. Like, you need to have that there. And maybe you can't have it on air all the time, but, like, keep keep that there. That's that's the point. I'm totally on board with it. I haven't yet to decide to watch raw and smackdown because there's that's just a big time investment especially to watch raw but i i'm getting close boys i might i might do it i might just do it you might have to do it with us one night because we, we kind of like improv to just sync up on chat and just kind of comment as we're watching the show yeah, well, i almost don't have to right now like right now i'm like i'll be studying and you all are talking about what happened so i just like click and catch a couple things and then i'll get clips or whatever that are posted online so i kind of get like the, the beats you get, I don't you get, like, it yet. You get a contact buzz yeah yeah <laughs> and like uh, that lady that was working the parking garage oh yeah gosh she was high as shit yeah i mean <laughs> yeah, we, were, we rolled up and we were gonna park and then like she she opened her window and she's like you gotta pay cash and they were like oh shit we made up two dollars really quick and, like, when she opened her window, you smelled weed. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I've been thinking about it now. I bet that woman was so high that she convinced herself that she couldn't take anything but cash. 
I Maybe. Bet she had a fucking card reader in there and she just forgot how it worked because she <laughs> fucking ate too many edibles. The bean kicked in and she's like, no, I need your money. <laughs> I need money. Oh, man. But, uh, the bean kicked in when I worked tonight, though. Uh, but that's a, that's a side story. Um, to, cap, to cap that thing off with Russo, though, is like he's just being a goddamn parasite. He's trying to get his name out there and fucking piggyback off that. And it's just... Yeah, Russo, you're not getting a fucking job, and if you ever get a promotion, I hope it fucking dies. Uh, sorry to the wrestlers that ever do join your promotion because it's gonna fucking crash and burn. Uh, but I want to because we were talking about quickly uh, the WWE, like what people to expect now. Because if you're gonna go into it thinking that everything is fucking changed, you're gonna be disappointed. Uh, they it's still take time. Yeah. Th- it's starting to slowly the matches are being booked like NXT and you could tell just based off of the uh I keep on saying Sheamus but fucking uh Drew McIntyre and uh, uh Kevin Owens like them doing that bit and then getting into a wrestling match is what I want to see in wrestling uh and then you also have like the the background shit now that you have to pay attention to with the the Dexter Loomis and stuff where you see a hand in like an exit sign, a fucking burning trash can, a fucking car that just crashed into the parking lot. And then all the, you see uh, Pierce talking to the staff, the security staff in the background about Dexter Loomis. And that's why he got caught during uh, raw is because the security guards were on point uh, finding him. Yeah. And- yeah. So what you mean is you, you actually are rewarded for paying attention and you're watching cohesive, episodic television where what happens earlier might affect what happens later, and it's not actually Vince fucking you over by, like, later on having a ninja getting eaten by a fucking shark or some dumb shit over a title that doesn't matter. Yes. Sorry, referencing stuff, but that's that's the type of stuff that would happen. Like, R-Truth would be dressed as a fucking turkey in the background waiting for nobody to watch, and that's like your that was your episodic TV previously. Now it's actually tied to stories and isn't just, like, oh. the weird, like drawn out shit that would happen out in, on the stage that didn't lead to anything. Speaking of that, because just real quick, you brought that up about R-Truth. It reminded me of the 24-7 title. On, on Raw, uh, Dan Brooke is the 24-7 champion right now. Mm-hmm. And she, they, she did like a hilarious... <laughs> they had like a little backstage segment where they were talking to each other. It's like her and the control, I guess. The, the, the control your narrative girls. Uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> And she cut, like, a super cringy, like, old-feeling promo. He's like, I'm ready 24-7. And they all just, all three of them just rolled their eyes and was like, whatever. Yeah. Dakota Kai beat her ass. Job yeah. her out. <laughs> and it wasn't even for that title. She's beat her in, like, two minutes. <laughs> I, know, I, I know I keep on saying we, we, did, we need to move on quick, but... Fuck, man. Like, why is there a 24-7 title, but, like, during actual matches, it's not... 24-7. I was kind of hoping Dakota Kai would just take it and, and just be like, I guess I'm yeah. the champ now she throws in the garbage can. Yes, that's what I Don't wanted. I- that's what I wanted. Triple H, yeah. book it. Fucking Medusa. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, but fuck Vince Russo. But anyway, I think it's time to end... <laughs> <laughs> he like snuck in there. Oh, I didn't, yeah. he, didn't even ask me my opinions on Vince Russo. I kind of like him. What are your uh, opinions on Vincent Russo? Yeah, no, no, you, you heard it last night. You've Vince Russo has never that. said anything genuine that was actually a good idea. 
Fuck I, I, that's literally all it is. The only reason WWF didn't die is because Vince had had so much momentum already and it's such a gridlock. But everything else that Vince was, or Vince Russo has done in a company, he literally led to their death. He he literally killed WCW and he and he killed TNA until it came back as Impact and like had to be reworked dramatically. But he killed Dixie Carter's TNA. Here's that, that is what it is. He, Impact's like one of those bugs that gets taken over by a fungus and it because it's died and it's like a zombie now. You know, like it's half rotten and shit, but it's still like operating in the wild. Impact like, yeah. Impact is Keith Richards and he just ends up in fucking Pirates of the Caribbean movies somehow and still relevant. That's what Impact is. Uh <laughs> and, and <laughs> it's a zombie promotion. Here's another deep cut because I'm going to compare Vince Russo to probably one of the most prestigious game developers around. And wait a minute before you fucking go off on me. Vince Russo is like Hideo Kojima when he was under control by Vince and Pat Patterson and all of them. He did okay. Like Attitude Era was okay when he was surrounded by those people. Uh, but when he's on his own doing his own shit, no. Hideo Kojima walking simulator fucking fucking on a pole match that's what the walking simulator is like on a pole match uh, I, I i will not back that i will die on the hill of again i i would bet that there are zero ideas that vince russo actually had on his own that led to any of the success that that wwf had he was around a bunch of cr- people and he just said things and people thought he was the one that said him he's that asshole that like heard a joke that no one else heard, and then he, but like clearly someone else said it, and then he said it, and everyone laughed, and then he acted like he was the one that did it. Mm. He's that dickhead. So I guarantee that whatever happened in the Attitude Era while he was there, like he didn't have anything to do with the success. If anything, he's the one like throwing out really shitty ideas, but he made Vince laugh a few times, and then he would say something that Cornette had already said, but said it a different way, and then be like, "Oh, that's pretty good. Let's do that." And then Cornette's like, oh, I'm a fucking shit. And he's like all mad about it. And then he's ready to go off. And, and, <laughs> and that's exactly why Cornette wants to like fucking burn him alive. Uh, Just keeps on thinking about that Dairy Queen night. Uh... <laughs> we ordered damn shit. <laughs> fucking fat bitch. Uh... <laughs> uh... One more thing. Um, when... They were used to do those like phone call things for WWF, and they used to be like, "Yeah, call one eight hundred, and you get to talk to like I don't know Jim Cornette." There was a segment with Jim Cornette and Vince Russo visibly hating each other during that segment. It was great. Yeah, but anyway, that's the end of the first blood report. I don't think we have anything else, right? Well, there's the first and the second and the third blood. So, <laughs> it was good though so i think it's time to raw dog it huh and uh get into some wwf raw august 16th 1993 we're at the mid hudson civic center in poughkeepsie i don't know poughkeepsie you're from new york no 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 poughkeepsie wait a second hold on there hold on Upstate New York, I don't know all the fucking Indian places, okay? Uh, like, if, I go to fucking Brooklyn, I go to the Bronx, I go to fucking Astoria. I know those fucking things. Go uptown, midtown, your mother's ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yonkers. Y- y- Yonkers. 
but yeah like i when it gets to like all the native american names and shit up north uh in the real new york uh, as some people would say um yeah i just go yeah whatever uh it's, a blur, it's just a blurry area mm -hmm, but it's a bigfoot photo we have Vinnie mac macho randy savage and bobby heenan on commentary tonight um and we get the uh, the highlight of the one two three kid and Diviasi where uh, Razor Ramon is like laughing his ass off <laughs> at uh, the Diviasi and all that stuff. But we get a match with Million Dollar Man versus one two three kid. So Zach, I know you're good with all the the note taking. Um, I'm going based off of. I like this match, uh, the back and forth. I like how fucking one, two, three kid like need fucking DiBiase in the face when he tried to jump over him. Like clearly fucking just hit, need him in the, in the head. Uh, but, yeah. but it transitioned really well where he went for a pin. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a pretty good little match here. It's like, it, it's mostly DiBiase in control for a while. He's going, He's throwing some bombs. He's throwing his head in the turnbuckle. Does a really nice, smooth reverse elbow off of an Irish whip. Mm -hmm. He's got a really good one of those. Uh, and then Kid, he, he gets a few little strikes in here and there. I think he gets thrown out of the ring at some point. Mm -hmm. Comes back. And then he just starts throwing drop kicks out of nowhere. And then, like, he gets shot off again. And he has, like, this sweet flying head scissors just out of nowhere. And I think that's what you're talking about. He kind of turns it into a pin. Yeah. And then uh, it looks almost like he almost fucked up, but they saved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, DiBiase takes back over, and he he's beating him down. And then Chico, they get a phone call from <laughs> Razor. He does the phone call promo to Mick Mang, and he's talking about Rich Mang. Mick Mang. Rich and how he gave the kids some boys to take him down. And Vince is like, well, what did you tell him? He's like, McMang, I know you got a big mouth, Chico. So I'm not going to tell you anything about what I told him. Uh, He's like, let's just say I told him to save it for the, the big man, or the big guy. He promised He promised me he was going to uh, save some of the rich man for me at SummerSlam. I think yeah. that's what he said. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Bobby Heenan says something to him real quick before he hangs up. And it fucks him up for a second. He's like, what? And then it just... <laughs> yeah. I, Bobby... Got, it. got the last word in. Bobby Heenan says, I bet this is collect call. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, see, I told you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we get back. To, that one wasn't too long, and it didn't ex distract from the match uh, too much. So it was actually okay that time. Uh Let's see, Ted misses quarter clothesline, he bounces off turnbuckle, kid hits crossbody for two. <clears throat> Goes back up, but then uh, Dub's favorite wrestler, his hero IRS, comes out and shoves the kid off the turnbuckle. <laughs> and he causes, yep. he causes DiBiase to get DQ'd. They just put the boots on him until the Steiners come out and save him and run, run, they run him off. Mm -hmm. Decent match. 6.0 out of 10. Chad's what about you? Yeah, that's exactly where I have it. Six chazes. It's it was it was like quality. This is the type of DQ that I don't necessarily mind because it's building the story that's there. It's very clear. It's like they don't care about that. They're not trying to do the. It's not the DQ in the sense of uh, I'm trying to get away with winning the match. IRS clearly just did not give a shit. Was like, nope, we're done. We're just gonna beat this ass. And then it allows the Steiners to come in and and kind of try to sell the money ink. Mm -hmm. uh, 
type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that was fine. The Razor stuff, I, to me, I thought it was a little distracting with any of those telephone calls are, but it was, I agree with you, it wasn't as bad, of course. No, it wasn't I mean, as bad as, hilarious. it's not as bad as Rob Bartlett when they had, like, random shit going on. And, like, Jim Duggan went on, like, for two minutes, one match. And now they talked to Jim Duggan for, like, five fucking minutes while, like, a match is going on. It's like, God damn it, okay, we get it. Like, <laughs> Oh, uh, my rating, um... I just want to put it this uh, this before I get my rating. Razor and Ted DiBiase do really well of selling one two three kid because one two three kid is faster than them, right? Um, so he's catching them off guard instead of just like being like this this lame. This guy's like a fucking pencil and he's wearing Dunkaroo fucking gear and shit. Like I should be, <laughs> I should be beating him. But they do a really well, like, booking it to be like, oh, man, he's a wild card. He might win. He might get that one, two, three. So I really dig that. And I, I'm i changing my score. I'm changing it from a 5.5 to a 6 with you guys. I, I agree with you guys. So 6 out of he's, 10. He's got a very specific style match that he does right now. It's like where he's getting his ass kicked and he kind of – if he finds an opening or something, or he manages to do like a crazy reversal, he can all of a sudden the tides can turn. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It's like, cool. Ra- like this whole like storyline too with Razor has really helped like push this hard just to show like he's the plucky underdog that can just beat anybody. Like he can steal one from you if you're not careful. So that's, that's what's really nice about it. Whoa. Vince yeah. made a star. What? Man. <laughs> yeah. And, um, there was a really good spot where they were just like trying to pin each other and like uh Ted DiBiase like haha I got you you're you're tied up with my arms and then he's like into a crucifix to get pinned that was cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, uh I saw I saw what Chaz was saying about uh Macho Man's ring ring attire there. It was it was amazing. Wasn't it? Yeah, we talked about this yesterday. It's yeah, the the color the color combination. Oh man, he looked like he like did acid and then dipped into a vat of nerds. I bet <laughs> if he went I bet if he went in an area that had black lights in it, he would light up like a fucking Christmas tree. It would be he'd look like he'd look like one of those like uh those those booga boogas that he uh that uh Robin fought in Batman Forever whenever he steals and runs away with one of the he runs away with the, the uh, Batmobile. Oh the oh. neon gang. Yeah, the, the the neon gang, booga boogas, whatever. It's all the same shit. Nobody cares. Uh, Very careful how you say that. What? Whoa, whoa! What, what, what? Uh. Stop! Stop! <laughs> Bing bong! Fuck your life! Bing bong! There it is. <laughs> uh. Then we get like back to the announcers that are telling us about then that. Get, then we get ooga boogas and Mike versus Mike and Dave. Oh, watch! They say that. <laughs> Fuck your life, Bing Bong. They came out saying Ooga Booga to everybody, and then they were even doing a thing. Vince was like, "What did he say?" And then Macho's like, oh, "I dropped out. I don't know what he's saying." <laughs> <laughs> he speaks English. <laughs> uh, but did, did you catch their names, Dobbs? It was like Mike and Dave. I didn't get their last names. Yeah, Mike Corey and Dave Moraldo. Well, before we get to that, they, uh, okay. they, uh, we call Bash and Booger. They, like, did a little program. But, like, oh, they're facing, he's facing Marty Jannetty. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Is this happening? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Macho Man said he had a surprise, too. We kind of glossed over that. This builds through the whole show. 
you want to talk about episodic storytelling in a TV show, here we go. Yeah, and apparently, Summer SummerSlam Spectacular has a good lineup, by the way. Um, which yeah, I it's kind of it's formed up. Yeah, but I don't know if it's on the Peacock, but. Yeah, head shrinkers. It looks like they're building them up to be a force again. What is going on here? I don't know. I guess they're gonna build them up for a, a title match. Uh, maybe. Mike Corey and Dave Moraldo. That's their names. Yeah, yeah, I said that two minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> too busy focusing on Bing Bong and and Ooga Booga and shit. <laughs> Call me the racist one. Anyway, uh, it was hilarious because I think Heenan calls the other guy uh, Dave. He calls him Zebra Stripes or something. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. He calls it. Yeah, he calls him the Zebra Man, which I thought was funny because I heard that and I was like, "You call him the Z Man?" And then he called him the Zebra Man. And I was like, "Oh no!" He's, he's getting chopped by Samu, and then like he gets super kicked, and he's just knocked the fuck out for the rest of the match. It's almost like the whole. Uh, who was it? Alan Angel. Who was the guy that got knocked unconscious? Oh, uh, shit! Not Alan Angels. Um, shit! I can't remember his name. It's uh, Reynolds. Reynolds. Thank you, Alex Reynolds. Yeah, Alex it, Reynolds. It, it was shades of Alex Reynolds. Somebody got knocked unconscious and just dragged to the opposite end of the ring, and he's laid there the rest of the time. <laughs> but that, here, buddy. This one was a work, though. <laughs> and I want to know, like, what I want to know is when they figured this match out what happened did they just say do they know this guy they're like all right brother we're just gonna knock your ass out and then we're gonna work over the other guy <laughs> so you can have a night off <laughs> or something because that's what it kind of felt like because he just literally laid there didn't move a muscle after that <laughs> yeah there was two things that i knew about this match that it was gonna be a squash the people in the ring and the announcer is talking about whether or not Elvis Presley is still alive. Yeah, they all of a sudden start talking about whether or not people believe Elvis Presley's dead. Or this is like an old Vince thing. He 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 wanted to like always try to bring in like random pop culture shit to talk about like on TV. And I guess this is some of that really early. Besides some of the shit Heenan would always say about Hillary Clinton or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what led to that whole, like, little fun fact, if people don't know it. At one point, Vince, like, produced, and they created, like, that weird, like, variety show type of thing. <laughs> it was, like, the Ed McMahon show, but all wrestling-based. Tuesday and, Night Titans. Yeah, and uh, spoilers for who those who haven't watched it. It's worth watching to see what it is. Boy, it is. There's a reason it did not last long. You get to see Vince dancing. It's it's something. Stand back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they all hit the big moves on the other guy uh mike they, including like a double free fall flapjack which was cool and like they did an assisted hot shot deal that was also sick mm-hmm. or they, samu I, I think threw the guy over to the ropes and then fatu rikishi grabbed his head like the instant he hit it it's like one of those ones where like the guy on the outside grabs your head like if they're in a tag match they just throw you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It looked really cool, though. And then Fox hits the, the splash, the big splash for three. He got some air. Yeah, Bobby Heenan was, like, coming when that happened. <laughs> he was coming. Yeah. He said, hit him in the stink face. Oh, wait. that's Never mind. Too that's early. In it's in the future. He has to go through, like, two other gimmicks before that. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he's going to do the other one, yeah, with the, the fucking 
uh, the helmet that they then passed on to, to fucking carry and cross. He was a Fatu, and then he like he, I mean he's Fatu now, but like he gets a he almost becomes like a Samoan men on a mission for like a minute, mm-hmm. and then then he becomes the Sultan. Do you remember Sultan? The... Yeah, the Sultan's what I'm talking about. He okay. gets that weird like red helmet thing there, whatever he or garb he wears. It, yeah, it, it, it kind of reminds me of what they used for carrying cross when he was doing the 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 weird fucking shakon type of thing. It didn't work yeah. at all. And instead of instead of Scarlet, he had Tiger Ali Singh. Right, Tiger Ali Singh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's that is a name I have not heard in a while. It's a deep cut. <laughs> you know, you know that, but it was a squash. Squash. This, yeah, squash. Fashion bugger eating an ice cream was terrible. Yeah. It's like they knew exactly how to make that terrible. Just take this enormous fat man, have him eat an ice cream bar, and then sweat. He's sweating while he's eating. <laughs> ice cream bar. <laughs> he's like wiping his head, like, oh man, and he's eating an ice cream. It's, it's like he's so fat. The labor of eating is like <laughs> exhausting him. <laughs> it doesn't even matter like what the fuck he's eating. <laughs> You know you're fat. And this gets into something else too later when we're going to talk about the Kongs, glucose, and fucking cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> glucose yeah, and diabetes. Cholesterol, yeah. Uh, and it's like, the, I want to create like a, a a diagram or like a curve or something for like fat people, like fat wrestlers and like uh, activity and talent versus inability to move and uselessness. Because there's some kind of weird curve, and there's like an X factor too. There's of just raw talent there that you can't account for. That'll yeah. throw it off. I'm, I'm I'm working on it. It's a theory, but we'll get to it later. But Bastion Booger is kind of like on the a little bit on the opposite side of the graph. <laughs> oh man! So the, you all know the story that happened somewhat recently with Marty Janetti, where he like came out and said a bunch of weird shit about how he, he like got molested in a bowling alley and then he killed the guy and then the people cops came after him and he was like, nah, I lied about it. And then he, he went back on Facebook and said, nah, I didn't make that shit up. It really happened. Fuck the cops. You guys know about that whole yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. called I mean, that, That's basically the story. I mean, so for those, <laughs> I just told whoever needed to know that's that's the story. That's all you really need to know. So anyway, um, I have a feeling that, that the guy that he murdered looked like Bastion Booger because throughout this match, if you look at Marty Jannetty's eyes, he looks like he's having PTSD. Like, <laughs> he's like, I got molested by a fat guy in a bowling alley and I killed him and I think you might be his cousin. Please don't touch me. And Bastion Booger's sweating over that ice cream and here we are. Is this a work? Are you working us? No, I'm not working you. Look at his eyes. It's real. This is a shoot. Okay, so you're shooting. No, I'm shooting. Okay. Yeah. Where uh... am I? You, you always gotta, you always gotta work the shoot, brother. Is this a work shoot? Is this yeah, every, a, everything I do is a work shoot. Is this the bean bean shoot here? What's going on bean here? Shooter. The bean shooters that that's in my pants. We're not going to talk about <laughs> that. That's reserved for certain certain uh, people. Anyway, uh, Mean Gene comes at us with another SummerSlam report. New matches were added with Ludwig Borga, uh, Chaz's favorite wrestler, uh, versus Marty Jannetty and the Steiners in the Heavenly Bodies as You're official. Freaking. You're freaking me out, man. My eyes were burning. Yeah. Uh, Being hit hard. He gets a hilarious shot in on, on uh, Bobby Heenan before he signs off. He's like, I, uh, Bobby Heenan, my esteemed colleague, he, he donates to charities. He's a wonderful human being, and he's a weasel. And he's like, hey, 
<laughs> so he couldn't get he couldn't get a word in edgewise that pissed him off. It was great. <laughs> um, then we get our ba- our uh, uh, eponymous match: Bastion Booger versus Marty Jannetty. Why is this punishment? Are we are uh, we in the punishing stages of Marty Jannetty when he's starting to be in trouble and doing drugs? Is this like a punishment thing? Do you think Vince would consider wrestling him a punishment? That's no. that's the question. No. Yeah, no, I th- I think this is more like cause and effect. Like depending on where Marty's at, he's already like like party Marty. Like that's already happening. <laughs> he's always party Marty. Yeah. Dude, so like he's already he's there anyway. To get drunk. I'm just saying. Yeah. No. Like he's he's already there. I think this is more like Vince has found something funny because he's moved on for Marty in a way, but he's like, oh, I can use him because he's reliable and it looks good on TV, but we can, I can do whatever with him. And he just thinks it'd be funny if Bastion Booger like sat on him with his like fat fucking swamp ass. He and teabagged then, him. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then Mark Janetti went off the deep end shortly after this because he kept remembering this match and remember that bowling alley. And, mm-hmm. and then that's that the rest is history. This was like a, a weird match. He right. tried. He tried to do the yeah. test of strength, and I thought Bash and Booger was going to eat his hand. That's what I was like. What I was like. Wait. So like, yeah. He's starting to do the thing, and I'm like, why do you want to knuckle lock with this guy? He's three of you. Yeah. I don't care it, if he's bad or not. Like, yeah. And he thinks your fingers are chicken fingers. He's he's going to fucking try to eat you. And I'm like, what yeah. the fuck sense does that make? And then he starts arm dragging him. I'm like, how the fuck can you arm drag him? And he hip tosses him too. <laughs> and then it's like like I, I criticize like some, some modern shit for like having no psychology. This is like just you're gonna do my shit and I don't care if it makes sense or not, is, is all this says. Mm-hmm. And uh drop kicks him a few times and he flops out of the ring and then Marty hits a, a top rope double axe handle and Booger stands there obviously waiting for him and I'm like, God damn it. Every time I see that it pisses me off. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, can, it can happen t- 30 years ago. It can happen today. It's always going to piss me off. <laughs> uh, Marty dives out of the ring. He does the punches and shit. And then they, he, they start, he starts wrapping his arm around the post too. I'm like, what, what the fuck? And I think that's why I'm thinking Chaz is, is shooting because I'm like, why is he doing that shit to him? He hasn't done anything to him to escalate it that far. He's been beating his ass this whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's you know, it's like, oh, he's like trying to injure him. It's like, what the bro? I thought you were a baby face. All right, <laughs> I got to shoot here. I'm gonna build onto Chaz's shoot. So, okay. Marty, Marty, pa- party, Marty is partying, doing cocaine off of uh, I don't know some g- Sable's tits. I don't know if Sable's there yet, but anyway, uh, some bitch's tits. And Bastion Booger comes in the club and like does a fucking reeky ass fart. And the girl that he, and the and then and the girl that uh he was sniffing coke off a of titty um got disgusted and left and ever since Marty's been pissed that 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 cocaine titty is not there anymore and that's why he went he he was a different man a facing Bastion Booger he wanted him dead you could just find another cocaine titty no uh, it, listen you can go back Marty Jannetty got molested by some random guy. And turns out that guy actually was a man of the cloth. He was dressed up as a priest, and he killed a priest. And he remembers that Bastion Booger was actually a friar. Friar Ferguson. Yeah, he's Friar Ferguson, and he's like, 
I don't care how greasy and dirty you get now. You, you were always this ugly to me, you fucking perv. And he keeps thinking back. He's like, <laughs> nope, you're not going to touch me. And he's literally a man dressed in a cloth. Yeah, people might be getting uncomfortable <laughs> with this because how dark it's getting uh, about Marty Jannetty getting touched and killing people. Like, hey, he said he did this shit and then, and then got away with it and then said he did it again. And, uh, yeah, you decide if I'm just bullshitting or not. But it looks like he wants him to fucking die in the ring. I, look at his eyes. Like he, and that those are not eyes of hey, let's sell a match. This is I want to hurt you in front of these people. I hope you, I hope you never fart again. That's what yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope you sweat for the last time. Fuck, you stain of filth. That's gonna take a while because he sweats all the time. <laughs> so we come back for a break, and Marty's still whipping his ass, and then Booger sends him sailing into the post. I was like, oh, fuck, because he did one of those ones where it looks like he got ejected out of a damn car. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, flips sideways after hitting the post like he boomeranged. Mm-hmm. Uh, Booger hits a big backdrop on Marty, and he clubs him, and he throws him in the ropes, and he's going to do another backdrop, but Marty does a sunset flip. Not quite getting him. And then Booger does the teabag pin, where he just, he just drops his, his fucking teabag right on his face stuck in the folds of his, his leg fat. His sweaty leg fat. All that fucking, all that fucking <laughs> grundle dunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Marty somehow reverses that. Like he muscles him over and pins him for three. And I'm like, what is this shit? How does he keep overpowering Booger? I don't care if he's the bastion Booger or not. That doesn't make any fucking sense. While he had the Grundle dunk on him, uh, he he took uh, he took a inner fighter flight mode and overpowered him somehow. What you don't know is that he hid cocaine under his long fingernail in his pinky, and he took a hit, and he just fucking <laughs> got that pin. But how his face was totally like enclosed in that fat in the tea bag. He, it, he it's, it's it's time for Doc Talk. I'm gonna explain it. So it's real simple. <laughs> Muscle weighs more than fat. And Bastion Booger is pretty much all fat. He's like literally like that like piece of like grizzle that's like floating that like didn't stay on the chicken strip in the in the fucking fryer. Oh god. He, he's just that and a person. <laughs> and that's why he's so fucking gross. I can't I listen, even... it's pretty accurate. Like I, I actually am bullshitting this right at the top of my head, but it makes sense um as I'm saying it. Anyway, You're making me Marty sick. Gennetti, Marty Janetti is all heart. And the heart is a muscle. Heart is a muscle. So he actually weighs more. And you know what else makes the heart weigh even more? Cocaine, baby! <laughs> sounds like a Tony Khan Brooklyn meeting. This is what this sounds like now. Now I can't eat chicken nuggets because of fucking Chaz. Because I'm going to think about Bastion Booger skin falling off of it. I was just going to say, imagine like you boil an egg. And then like it was rotten. And like when you boil it, you overboil it. And it kind of was like splitting the, you know, the white part of the egg out. And you put like four toothpicks in it. That's what he's built like. You guys ever do that old, you ever do that old, like, science experiment, like, when you were a kid, where you, like, have, like, a, a soft-boiled egg, and you, you try to light a match inside of a, a water bottle, and you, like, let the sheer force of, like, the oxygen, like, the the vacuum pull it through the water bottle? Did you ever see that before? Yeah. Like, light a match and burn all that, yeah. That that smell, that is, that's the human embodiment of that, that entire uh. science experiment. Fashion <laughs> <Bastion> book. <laughs> He looks like 10 pounds of shit in a one-pound bag. It's just like, <laughs> just, 
All right, so I'm done, I'm done slagging this guy. He's dead. May he rest in peace. Uh, yeah. We, we don't hate him. We hate his character. Yeah, we hate his character. He, we got worked. From all accounts, he see, he was a pretty fun guy, apparently. Uh, there was a couple of neat spots in this match, but it wasn't very good. The psychology was trash. Yeah. How the fuck did Marty move booger like that? I don't care what PTSD he has or cocaine or whatever. What the fuck it? 4.5 out of 10. Dude, we are like spot on. Like, <laughs> simpatico tonight. I gave him four and a half chances. I was like, this would have been a four. But but Marty Jannetty's sheer desire to, to murder Bastion Booger for, for maybe mind raping him 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> is enough to give it an extra half chance. So that's where I'm at. I gave it a four out of 10. So we're all spot on this so far. Um, well, I, I changed my score last match, but this match I was spot on. Uh, we get here. Why did, why did we have to wait for this interview, by the way? Oh, then again, because of the Steiners, the Steiners came out and, and shoot away the money ink. Uh, they were hurt and tired. Yeah. So they invite him out again. And Iris tells all you tax cheating morons and everybody boos them. And I'm like, now I understand because I work for the IRS. Now I understand. Uh, of the heats. You are him. Yes, I am him. I uh Bray Wyatt is my son. Um <laughs> So uh Bo Dallas is also your son. Yeah, that's right. Are, are, you, are you not acknowledging him? I I don't believe in him. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe. Uh but they talk about SummerSlam. Are you guys excited for SummerSlam? I feel positive about certain parts of it, but I know what's going to happen in the main event. And I know the Undertaker, Giant Gonzalez, is going to, like, suck dicks, like bags of dicks. Yeah, it's going to feel like Bastion Booger smells. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be eating an ice cream bar and sweating. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Still burying that guy. Uh <laughs> The yeah, giant Gonzalez better be on your chart, by the way, because I know he's not fat, but he's definitely immobile as fuck. So that's giant. Be... See, that, that's a different chart. That's for giants. Oh, there's, I don't a fat, know. there's a fat wrestler, fat guy wrestler chart, and then there's a giant chart. Kali and fucking giant Gonzalez. Or could you imagine that match? I think it would like cause a an implosion. There would be like it like dark matter collided. They should just dress him up like Ents and fight. That'd be funny. ENTs. Yeah. You got to watch Big Trouble Little Podcast. <laughs> but would you? Know, like, it felt pretty like paint by the numbers and lame to me. It did it to you? What the the promo felt? It, it's just repeating like DBI said, like, I could buy anybody. And when when we're in a steel cage match, because they're having a steel cage match at the SummerSlam Spectacular, um, I'm just like. Okay, like money ink needs to go. <laughs> they called him dumb like four different times, like four different ways. You're dumb. DBS is like you combine the Steiners together, their IQs ten. I'm like I'm pretty sure they would be a vegetable if that was <laughs> like collectively they would be a vegetable. Well, <laughs> fat Steiner does become kind of a vegetable when he does math and uh, talks about donuts in his pocket, but he doesn't have any donuts. Yeah, but he becomes the most Chad vegetable. Brussels sprouts. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, what? 
we got fucking fluid leaking out of my ear right now. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Blew my brain right there. No, that's just fashion booger just sweating. Think about it. Think about it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, they just called him dumb like four times. I'm like, all right, guys. Clearly, you're not trying that hard on this promo. And I was just like, yeah. Mm. I don't care. Guys, what do you think? With the, eh, it, it existed. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of tuned out a little bit. Uh, I did think for a little while about it, which is kind of funny about how IRS is paired. Like, they're... IRS is a bad guy paired with the rich man who's also a bad guy. Bad Vince guy. sells them as like these bad guys, but Vince himself is a rich man who's probably like doing some massive tax evasion through scummy shit because he's rich too. So there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of double entendre. It's funny. He probably paid off another twenty million of banging chicks, especially the the ring girls that might. Oh, well, then we'll get to it. Um, the surprise! Don't spoil it. Yeah, I'm not gonna surprise. But you know what else is a surprise? We're on a mission. Men on a mission. We're match. on a mission. There was two surprises in this match. One, there was men on a mission. And two, Iron Mike Sharp was here. Yes. <laughs> and Barry Horowitz. It's that's it, like a treat. They're together. It was like sweet, men on a mission. And then like it's it's pretty fast. Yeah, men on a mission is fighting the fucking jobber dream team. Yeah. And then like there's not much to this match. Like Mo had a few moves on Horowitz, he tags Mabel in, and he just <laughs> annihilates Horowitz. Dude, like that... he, the first thing he does, he does that drop to hold, and then Mabel's coming off the ropes. He goes, <laughs> he fucking hits that <laughs> Everybody was like, oh! Like, everybody went, oh, collectively when that happened. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. Whenever he does the, every time he hits like a big move, it just makes, like, the impact is doubled. Because <laughs> <laughs> he does it again. He, I think it's when he hits a, um, like a fucking front slam or something. You know, the world's strongest slam. Mm-hmm. He hits one of those, and I think he does it again. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> so I want to comment about how much, like, it's, I think this actually happens before the match. Because they do, like, the rap and stuff. Uh, like when they're coming out, and they do like the more of a rap. And Heenan has his whole, whole thing, which we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> Vince, Vince is so fucking into this group. Like I love like Vince's like guttural reactions whenever they're like rapping and stuff and doing things, and the yeah. crowd like hey, when he's, he's like oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's doing his weird like noises and shit. Like he's hot, like hot, obviously bouncing. Like sitting there, like he's real happy about it, and I'm thinking, what? Well, wait, what the hell? Why well, is he like, so psyched about this? Because Vince likes rap. Well, where do you think Will Smith got his hey ho? We got it from Vince McMahon during this match. Yeah. I mean, Vince I likes guess. rap. He's like talking about the hood. That Bobby he is talking shit about the hood, and he's like, the hood's fine. Yeah, when he <laughs> when he calls it country western. Country rap. western? <laughs> and, everyone, and there's like visible confusion. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Country Western. <laughs> I was really confused about that too. He did not explain that well. Like, well, there wasn't one. He just like it's country restaurant rap because it is. There, there has to be some like inside joke probably with Oscar, I guess, where he's like maybe he likes country music, but like because Vince is bo- borderline racist, maybe they're like you need to be uh, rapping because you're in the hood. You know how he speaks? Yeah. You're in the hood. Now to be fair. 
the, the story goes that Oscar met Vince in an elevator at the hotel they were staying at in WrestleMania 9, and he just rapped to him because it's like, oh, shit, it's Vincent Mann. So he's like, yo, Vince, and he just d- busts a rap. And then Vince loved it and hired the guy on the spot. Yeah, that, that that's is what happened. Story, which is actually great, right? And that's that's where he's at. And hey, and he's over. Like he gets a crowd involved. Like it's it's good stuff. Uh, I also like that they play with the thing. Whenever I think it's before they come out, um, Macho Man does a thing of like, "Oh yeah, now you're about to get your mom, but not the mom you're thinking of, or some like shit like that." And I'm thinking, I want more of that. I want more of this your mom jokes, but men on a mission. <laughs> Yeah, talking about the mom that's got it going on. I'm not talking about the mom you're thinking about. Yeah, yeah. talking about men on this shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, man. You guys, you guys ready? We're ready uh, to go MJ Ultra? Not, not wait, yet. wait. The finish. Uh, oh, sorry. Okay. Good finish. Uh, he does the front slam, and then Mo gets on top of on the turnbuckle, and then. That looked like, like it hurt. Mabel like stands underneath him, like you, you think, okay, he's gonna jump over him, like like the head triggers did. No, he he bulldogs Mabel onto him, <laughs> killed him, and it got a three. And I'm like, did that hurt Mabel? Did it like? I don't understand. <laughs> it's kind of weird, like when you break down the mechanics of that move. <laughs> I I need yeah, to I need mission. I need some doc talk real quick. So oh, no. when when you have a really big obesity. Man- Obesity yeah. is is like a hell of a condition. Is that what she wanted? No, because <laughs> I because I know I have a I know I have that problem. But what I'm trying to say is, uh, <laughs> um, when he did that move, like how does one brace for a big man like Mabel to land on him without like actually I don't know puking up whatever he, he ate in catering? Is there a way that he has to like breathe and brace for this, or is it just like oh my god, I better not die? Well, you should oh, yeah. ask Kevin Nash about that because yeah. he has a story about that. <laughs> yeah, but like vomiting or shitting himself. Yeah, I I really don't know, but like there's so many different stories out there about like wrestlers that like shit their pants over similar situations like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like literally like toothpaste getting shot at the other end or something. Uh, that's what I think of. It's like, well, it makes sense. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any other complex doc talk about it. I just I have. Is what it is. I because every time when Finn Balor does the coup de gras, I'm like, man, just having someone like smash their fucking feet on the stomach, like I automatically, if I like taste something bad, like I get gagging and stuff, and I puke sometimes. But like having someone like step on your stomach or having a big man like Bastion Booger just land on you, um. Makes me wonder if that's safe or not. And how would you, like, brace for that? I don't know. Well, well, it's kind of like how Yokozuna does, like, the splash. Like, you, like the way you handle it, or the bonsai drop, the way you handle that is if you have a way to land so that you actually hit first and it makes it look like the impact happens, but you're not putting the weight on it. So, like, for instance, with him, like, he's always taking all the weight on his own feet and legs, so it looks like he hits, but his actual impact is not that bad. Mm-hmm. That just comes down to, like, the big guy having the technique to not fall on you. And some of them don't. I'm sure Mabel crushed many a rib just, like, because you actually can, like, break bones doing shit like that. Uh, I mean, think about, uh, what was it? Uh, shit. Elimination Chamber, I think. RVD fucking breaks fucking Triple to H's face or whatever. With the frog spl- 
or throat, yeah, fucking almost killed him over that fucking uh, botch. Uh, I think it was a frog splash, or it was, uh, or maybe it was just a kick. But like, like shit like that, it happens. People flying into each other and falling. Like, you don't even have to be big to hurt somebody. So when you get a big guy doing that, like they got to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. This, the the Kevin Nash story though was uh, they were having a title match, I think, and uh, he told Mabel. Listen, brother, don't do that thing where you sit on people, like where you know where you just go full blah and you just sit on them. Uh, don't do that when I'm laying on my stomach because I'm I've got a, a back problem right now. Like, all right, brother. Well, he just fucking forgot and did it anyway because that's that's he does it all the time. <laughs> and Kevin Nash in the middle of the match goes, "Fuck." <laughs> And he says, God damn it, Mabel, I told you not to do that. You can clearly hear him yell. <laughs> clear I got to watch that match. We're going gotta... we're, we're to get there eventually because that's, uh, that's like after King of the Ring, right? It's, uh, yeah, when that's he becomes a, King Mabel. That's when he becomes King Mabel and they're going to push him and then he has a god-awful fucking match with, with Kevin Nash. Or yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, we're getting there. That's that's actually pretty funny. Oh man, <laughs> fuck! <laughs> squash, by so, the way. Yeah, it was a squash. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we got, we got another MK Ultra Lex Luger interview. I'm gonna let Dubs explain this one because he's the one that knows the ins and outs of this. Uh, oh, I have I have a hot take on this, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I went to China last night and and prevented Taiwan uh Taiwan from getting slaughtered because of Lex Luger. Um because of this MK Ultra, I turned into Rambo and shit. But anyway, um this promo is like I was like waiting for the whole zoom in into the mouth thing or zoom into the eyes. Like it, it they held off on it by the way. Like halfway through it, they were like talking and then you had Vince Vander. Did you ever take steroids? And by the way, the answer is fucking stupid. He's like, absolutely no. But then he says he did steroids before. I'm like, well, then you lied. Like you, yeah. you, you done steroids. That, that's that's the take. There, there's actually a really interesting story about this. Like this is what killed Lex Luger's push. <laughs> oh really? Like what? Yeah. Like there, it's like the story about how Luger was supposed to actually go over Yokozuna. And when they did this, which I don't get this anyway because it makes no fucking sense. This is a pre-taped thing. You could go back over it and fix it. It's so fucking stupid. But the, the whole way it goes is Vince wanted – this is like right during the time when the, the steroid trials and shit are a big thing. Like Vince is trying to get clearly away from the idea that his company has anything to do with steroids. Right? Like that's, that's the whole thing. So um, – during this segment, he wants him to to basically bury all of that. He doesn't want him to. He wants him to talk about how he never did it. He never needed it. He wanted to be pure. And then Lex goes back and, for some reason, says that he did steroids once, even though he's already literally answered, like, "Nope, I never did any of this." But yeah, when they were legal, it was fine, so I did them. But uh, but it feels good to know that I don't need those anymore. And like you said, it just it made no fucking sense. And the the way that rumor goes is that Vince blew a fucking gasket and said, "Well, it's dead. You fucked it, pal." Well, like all, all that, all that effort. And but, like, why not? Like, why? Why would you not just re-record it? Yeah, reshoot it, idiot. <laughs> it's fucking taped. Yeah, it's it's not like you're out, you're out. Out. you don't even have to reshoot. Just edit that last 
fucking minute out. Yeah, oh. yeah, exactly. Just cut out the other part of it. Just put some other shit in there, another tag word, so that the sleeper agents still get activated. How about this? Don't do it at all. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's also fine. Just say, I'm America, and I'm going to beat Japan. Boom. Yeah. You know Once that meme? Uh, the, you can do either of these memes, but uh, you know the one with the bicycle where the, the kid like is like putting his stick in front of the bike, and then he wrecks, and he's like, ah, how did that happen? Or like the one with fucking Eric Andre. It's like Vince. Vince has an idea, and there's something great in the corner, and then he fucking shoots it with his nonsense, and then he goes, why would they do that to me? <laughs> yeah. it's that fucking me that's like everything Vince ever like ruined by like taking something smearing it with his own crazy shit and then looking at it it's like oh that's fucking terrible you idiot and then he fires him against their fault mm -hmm. <laughs> but w what's really funny about this promo is like like I said like halfway through is fine like he's talking about himself and stuff and then all of a sudden like Vince hits the steroids comment like point blank by the way and then that's when the fucking weird MK Ultra comes in. He's like, you know, uh, he he's saying how proud he was that he could build good quality muscle. And then when it hits the good word, that's when you see like the gray screen, like zoom in. It's like good quality muscle. And I'm like, oh, God, they did it again. <laughs> they, yeah, they... I feel like you and I had two different experiences. Uh, he never said anything about good quality muscle. You guys are missing the part in the beginning where they just do it right within three seconds of the interview starting. Yeah, did you guys not see the thing about how he he asked them to rebuild the Berlin Wall? Was that just me? That was you. I, yeah, I, mean, I think I think we all got hot takes. Uh, it, everybody's like, a different sleeper. Age. First three seconds, <laughs> he said drugs, and it zoomed in on his eyes, and then something about the final solution came up. I don't know. Final <laughs> <laughs> solution? Goddamn, where are you going with this? Too much booga booga. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, long story short, the I I think you are right based off of what you read or watched, uh, Chaz. Yeah, this is like a podcast thing I've heard. Uh, I'm trying to remember who. It might have been a cornet thing. Um, <laughs> I can just see cornet. Or Jr. I think it was about. I think it was a Jr. thing. They talked about this. Now again, they went on about how this was like a legend, like, and then Jr. does his thing. Like, I don't know. I I don't know that shit. Vince never shared what he was thinking. He's always doing his own thing. Uh, so that was never really confirmed, but like he did agree that he thinks this this kind of killed his push. I think that's where you were going. Yeah, and but... I here's the thing: I was hyped for the Lex Express. I never really cared for the Lex Express back then. So, like me watching it as an adult, I'm like, oh, you know that the on the Intrepid when he uh, lifted Yoko uh, and did that slam. I'm like, good, all right, cool. And he's doing this Lex Express thing. That's kind of cool, I guess. In the 90s, seeing Lex just come out of a fucking bus and wearing his little fucking uh, American pants and shit. Uh, like, that would be cool in the 90s, I guess. And then, like, they start doing these fucking interviews. And I'm just like, you killed it. You, he, he can't speak clearly. That's why Bobby Heenan was going to be his manager when he was in the narcissist and all that stuff. And now he's just... I don't care for his match anymore. I'm kind of just like, fuck it. <laughs> well, it, it, it's kind of the best part about it is like they they talk about like you look at all the beats they hit through this. They talk about how he was like this person that was like grades, success, athletics. He like does all these things, and he's this big football player, and he's done all this, and he's done all that. And he's really smart. He's gonna go back and go to law school and fix his opportunities for whatever. Meanwhile, he can't talk. He sounds like a fucking mongoloid. 
like talking and he's just reading directly off. Like he sounds like he's reading uh like fucking hostage notes like, like jungle boy. <laughs> uh and uh because he's got the secret words he's still gotta say and then he gets hit with a random question here and he's thrown off guard and he just goes truth bomb and he's like, Oh yeah, well I did those and then he realizes after, oh wait, oh well I kinda but they were legal. It is fine. And uh well I only did part of them. only only one ass cheek. Uh so just, 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 <laughs> Im- just imagine if Lex uh, uh, Luger did a um, a Jungle Boy spot where you're just like, Yo, Kazuna, you fucking bitch! <laughs> On the interview. You're the fattest pussy I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, God, he just rips his shirt off. <laughs> yeah. You're not even Japanese! <laughs> oh, man. Lex Luger beating people up for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't get. We're going through all this. How much has he wrestled? None. Exactly. Why the <laughs> fuck do they not have him out there? Like doing That's the what Goldberg I like weeks like, ago. I was like, why is he not having matches? I don't understand. He should be squashing the ever loving fuck out of people right now. But they couldn't yeah. get like an Iraqi or something because that's after like the first Desert Storm War. Like <laughs> they could have had something like that. They where... got Iron Sheik in WCW right now. He's sitting at home. Yeah, uh, they have that. Then you also just this is also fresh off the heels of the whole, uh, um, ah, fuck Sergeant Slaughter turning and becoming a, an Iraqi sympathizer, which did not go over too well. So they had to like <laughs> fix it and be like, no, never mind. Like they did that while he's actively like the cartoon like embodiment on GI Joe and shit. And Vince is like, oh, this is fine. It's like that's no. That was no. not a good idea. You like, like you, like you just burned so many dollars, like idiot. <laughs> but anyway, that, that, I think that's why the, the Iraqi stuff didn't get touched. Is they left it there? Just kept yelling Hillary Clinton a whole bunch. Gotcha. All right, we're moving on to the main event: Bam Bam Bigelow with Luna Vachon versus Rich Myers. <laughs> Rich Myers looks like he just walked out of an 80s thrash metal band. Yes. Wrestler. And I'm like, I dig your look, brother, but like, you need to be trying to dress like Max Payne or something with that look. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You just triggered me again with Max Payne and his match that we're going to be talking about. We're we're getting there. All of them so mad. (laughs) I'm so fucking mad, but we'll get there. So this was a squash, but it was an art like squash. Yes. Bam Bam hit all of his good moves on this poor dude. And he did, like, the best corner avalanche I've ever seen. <laughs> he, like, he he went so hard and hit him, he bounced out of it. Like, his own momentum propelled him back out of the corner. And I was like, fuck, that was a good one. And yeah. this, he did a suplex drop. Where, yeah, he didn't even suplex the guy. He just, like, held him up and just went, ugh. And that dude landed on his fucking tailbone. <laughs> and Luna Vachon's out there being like, "Beat make him suffer." <laughs> like, yes, and like Bobby Heenan's talking about the veins in her head. <laughs> oh my god, this is, this is the best thing I watched. It's the best part of the entirety of both shows, even <laughs> even including Shockmaster. I I actually spit my drink across the room when he was like. I love a woman with, with veins in her scalp. <laughs> and then Vince is like, uh. 
Oh, yeah, that, oh, that was great. Uh, oh, man. Bobby Heenan, he's so missed. Oh, jeez. Uh, not even miss a beat. He's like, yeah. I like Because at first they played it off as a joke, and, and they're like, oh, yeah. You probably think she's kind of kind of beautiful, don't you, Bobby? And, yeah, uh, you know, I like Widow's Peak and, you know, maybe a bald spot. And, uh, yeah. You know, one <laughs> eye. Just, I'm missing of hair. <laughs> <laughs> she's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> oh, and then in the meantime, we haven't talked about throughout the whole show, Macho Man has been bringing up this big surprise that he has that is, like, going to be, like, the best thing ever. And then in this, he mentions how it's going to – he promises it's going to be electric. He'll never forget it. Uh, well, uh, I'm not, I'm as far not, as a match, I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to say before we move on to the surprise because we'll get there. That's a squash. It did a flying headbutt for the win. Like like Zach said, he hit all his big moves. I felt bad for Rich though. Um, after that delay, fucking suplex, and his tailbone looked like it shattered and uh, became I don't know bone confetti in his ass. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> uh, oh, I I I have to say this is probably one of the best times in, in my opinion. Bam Bam Bigelow, where he's getting this like mini type of push. I know it's going nowhere, but I'm happy he's like getting this like strong push. So, yeah. um, then we get the Macho Man surprise. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad at it though. Like I, I would have been mad if it was in a match again. Uh, but like I know Vince wants to milk the shit out of this, like <laughs> fucking midget, and like comes comes out with women and like that's funny, brother. Yeah, because that's eh. what it was. I'm not, I wasn't mad either. I was just like let down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what I was really expecting, but the macho midget Randall and Civilized came out with Raw Girls. And, uh, you know, that, that was it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it could have been worse, but it's pretty fucking stupid. Vince hypes uh, up SummerSlam Spectacular. Sean's having a match against Bob Backlund. Yeah, for the Intercontinental yeah. Championship. <laughs> what? Yeah, The Undertaker's going to have a special interview. And, you know, there's the two other matches they announced before. <laughs> Every time I think of the Undertaker talking during that time is the world hunger fucking ad that we watch. <laughs> Deserves to starve to death. <laughs> you had the Undertaker say that. They should have just had him go like the other way, like just just own it fully, but like for all those starving pygmies, rest in me. <laughs> <laughs> do the eye thing. And then take a bite of like a triple cheeseburger. Oh, yeah, the juice just comes out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. Um, mixed bag of a show, some weak promos, and a weak way to close. Five point two out of ten. Okay, Chaz, what about you? Yeah, it's funny. I, I think I want to change my score because I I actually have it rated a bit higher than I think it was, mostly because I did laugh really fucking hard during the Bam match with, with Bobby Heenan. But, uh, like, the matches were okay. Like, I feel like the the problem with Raw is, oh boy, this is going to age like milk. Uh, Raw's not long enough. <laughs> <laughs> right? That, that's, that comment ages like milk. But, uh, yeah, right now, Raw's not long enough, and what I mean by that is, they they like 
are very disjointed in how they, they touch on things. The only thing that's really consistent week to week every time it, at the moment is uh, Lex. And he's not wrestling. It's just Lex's weird, like, promotional stuff. Uh, and, like, the, the building to Yo- him and Yoko. Like, what they'll do is they'll bring someone on, and they may have them on for one or two weeks, but then they rotate them out for, like, two or three weeks, and then they bring them back. And I, I yeah. feel like that – that it, it's it's fine-ish, but it's not, like, episodic, which makes it kind of hard to, like, things kind of just stop, go, stop, go. So I, I think for that, like, taking that into the greater – uh, sentiment plus that 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 surprise thing was just really dumb. I actually was like like oh whatever, and I just totally just like tuned out. So um, I initially gave it a six, but I, I think I want to move it down to, to five and a half. Jazzes, yeah, I, yeah. I'm in, I'm in the same ballpark as you. Um, how I would book Lex, by the way, like you don't need to have him in the ring. Um. He did show up during the signing of the contract, but I wouldn't be, have him doing these interviews. I I'd be having him do like a bunch of American shit, like go to a ball baseball game, which he did. But I would have him like sit in the stands, like talking to people, or I don't know, going to any other sports event. Uh, yeah, NASCAR doing that. Just all American culture shit, like grilling some burgers during the Fourth of July. Just action shots of him fishing. Yeah. Shit like that. No, I... him fighting a guy in a ring. Oh <laughs> shit! What? No. <sighs> Can't do that. Yeah, but what if he came out and lit his own fireworks? Like, what if he had like one of those like uh, fucking um, what is it? Uh, bottle rocket guns and. Uh, you like that's part of his entrance. It's like China, but like you know, not a woman. Just give him the bad blaster. The bad blaster's like kind of it, it, it's fairy shit. I don't like it. Fairy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Way to censor yourself. <laughs> I had to think about how to say it. Like fairy shit. Oh, I didn't take it as that. I thought he meant like Johnny B. Bad has like he has enslaved these mythical creatures that we know as fairies, and he makes them shit in a fucking bag, and then he takes it and stuffs it in a cannon and shoots it out at us for entertainment. He, he seems pretty unhinged, you know. Yeah, so. he seems he seems like he would own slaves. <laughs> 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 well, that statement out of context. Oh boy, we're getting canceled. Oh it's my god, boys! About <laughs> he looks like he owns slaves. Uh, something about the file solution. It's all here. <laughs> well, we did have five listeners. Guys, we're getting sponsored. Did you hear? About that? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, we're getting sponsored by Black Rifle Coffee. I'm not. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's perfect. Yeah. Why is Alex Jones messaging me? Uh, <laughs> Bring it all the frogs. Uh, anyway, <laughs> time to get into. Uh, by the way, that's the end of raw dog in it because we're done. Dog raw dog in it. After yeah, this. yeah. For a while, there's not another raw for like uh, two weeks. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, so, isn't this technically the end of the month? I guess. Uh, it's gonna be after SummerSlam. Oh yeah, that's right, SummerSlam. Fuck. There's no more Raw. It's just SummerSlam. It's spectacular if we can find it, and then if we can't, then it's just SummerSlam. Okay. Yes. And then the rankings. Yeah. Yes. 
so let's get into this, uh, I guess, special event called Clash of Champions 2024. 20, yeah. uh, I want to preface real quick that I didn't write as many as many detailed notes as I usually do here because I was kind of under the gun for time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to rely on you guys a little bit more here for, for more in-depth commentary. <laughs> I don't, I don't go like deep, deep in you, but I'll tell you like certain things that I've seen that were in certain matches. I've got more notes and then there's some where I have like very little. Well, I got lots of hard opinions, so I'm happy to help. Starts off with how, how, how the show starts. Cause I, I'm going to get a beverage real fast. It's stupid how it starts because we hear that Brian Pillman is injured and because of the shyster lawyers, as uh, uh, Jesse Ventura says, that they're making the Hollywood Blondes defend their title with William Regal as being an honorary member of the Hollywood Blondes. And all I could think of is that why book it? Like, why book it? Like, is is, is this... That, that's why I said in the chat, is this where Brian Pillman is on the downfall? Is this what the injury like hurts him pretty much? With, no. No. Uh, so, yeah. No, uh, so what happens here? So this is actually uh, a, a really weird situation. And we were trying to figure out if uh, Zach and I, the injury, we're not sure if it was a real injury or not, but it was a minor thing. This is literally WCW. Just pulling the rug out from under them, and if like the Hollywood Blondes are are basically just gonna get like pulled apart, like this is like Steve Austin's not even gonna be with the company much longer after this, um, and then uh, kind of the same thing with Pillman. All the Pillman sticks around for a bit longer, but yeah, the Hollywood Blondes are about to get ripped apart, like they're they're about to get yanked, uh, separated, or whatever, pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And this like, and it was literally just backstage management, just as they put them together, because they just threw them together in the same way. They're just gonna separate them and uh, they use this weird logic of all oh, he's hurt so he can't wrestle because they literally cut a promo like you're talking about about how they can't do it oh well we'll give you the time later and the promo is kind of good but then they immediately backpedal that and say oh well actually you are gonna wrestle and and then their their themes hit and they just start as they're coming out and it's like well that made no fucking sense why would they cut this promo and then immediately be ready to come out if they don't think they're wrestling and then have Regal a part of it. It was so fucking stupid. And it, it's it's clearly like it's it's pretty easy to tell. Like they just threw this together all fucking uh, slapstick just to like have something uh, to make sense. Yeah, uh, stunning Steve Austin like visibly looks kind of ticked off um, during this match. Um, and why not? Like, I understand it's Clash Champions. Like, there needs to be, like, I guess, titles. But there were some matches that weren't titles and stuff. So why not just have Steve Austin versus Arn Anderson? I would I would want to see that match. That would have been a fucking cool match. Yeah, it would have been. But you had to get the chisel vacuum of charisma that is Paul Roma. I'm so sad that he's from New York, by the way. God damn it, bro. What, Paul Roma? You know who yeah. else is from, from New York? Who? Tony Nice, aka the yeah. modern day Paul Roma. Yeah, who else is from New York? Oh, really? You you think he's like Paul Roma? I think he has he, a little bit more tell, charisma. Tell tell me he's not. He has zero fucking charisma. 
Okay, so Tony Tony Nice literally is like ripped and it real and it like has good like solid work. Like he and when I say modern day, like for scale, like I think he's in much better shape and is a better wrestler than Paul Roma. But his his charisma, like like his personality, is that of lukewarm porridge. Like he's not like he he just he's not interesting to see. That's why they were fine with like jobbing him out and walking out and Moxley just beat the shit out of him for no reason. And like he just walked to the back, like they were fine with that on the last dynamite. But uh, that's but what anyway. I, that's what I see. What Pack Pack is like an angry Paul Roma, like he's boring uh, when he's angry. I'm glad you said that because Pack's actually the example I used uh, about Paul or uh, about Tony Nese as the antithesis. Because the thing with Pack is Pack, they they are similar. They're very like they like again. They're they're fucking ripped. Like they're in great shape. And Pac is a great wrestler. Like, he can move. And so is Nice, by the way. Nice is technically, he's a good wrestler. Um, the difference with Pac is Pac looks intimidating as fuck and actively, like, oozes this, like, like intimidation, and people are scared of him. Pac has, crazy. He has a physical charisma. Yes. He has, and Paul Rova don't have any kind of charisma. No, he doesn't. And, that, and that's the difference. But I, I will say this. Paul Roma is definitely, like, worse. Uh, like, I can at least like watch Nice work. Uh, we laughed about it, but I was like, you know what? Tony Nice just needs long hair, which I guess I I had missed out. I hadn't watched any of Nice when he was in NXT, but I guess allegedly he he had I guess he had longer hair. But yeah, he he needs to to grow the mustache and just go the Rick Rude style, like oh. own it and just gyrate a bunch, like hmm. like he he doesn't own it enough. He just like stands there and puts his arms behind his back and like look at me, I have I have abs. Like, well, so do, like, half the other people in the goddamn roster. Get, get over yourself. Pull your dick out and swing it like Ric Flair. People will notice you. I know. So everybody would say he literally Metaphorical raped. Metaphorical dick. He, he, he people would say he literally raped everybody in the arena. I don't think he could do that. Uh, he would, yeah. He'd get over. Yeah, but you, you ain't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he, he also needs to sell atomic drops. He needs to learn to sell. People need to learn how to sell a heel. Mm. But anyway, back to Clash of Champions. Um, My Paul Roma hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this this match was like you could just tell there was some type of energy. Like again, something off. Oh, something was so off. Like it was just thrown together, and like Regal's just like working with what he's got, but he's just like clearly like they never like they're not work together. So they're just like uh some of the things that they were doing that was good, like when they started doing like the team up thing with what Brian Pillman and stunning Steve Austin used to do, where like they would tag each other and like stomp a mud hole and then tag each other and stop a mud hole. Uh, yeah, like the, the tandem tags. Yeah. That, yeah. But it, I think a lot of it had to do with like, again, you could just tell Austin's not in it. He's just there. He's going through the motions. Well,. His motions consisted of him bumping his ass off a lot too. Yeah, that's true. He was he was like taking a bunch of shit. Um, he took a which... fucking backdrop to the outside. <laughs> like, I still can't get over how Austin bumps earlier early on in his career. He's like insane. Here's a question, and I know this is probably like, oh, they were probably booked to get the titles off of them so that Paul the Vacuum Roma is like a champion with the fourth horseman. Um, four horsemen, I should say. Uh, but like when you DQ yourself, right? 
Like, why didn't, like, Steve Austin just take, like, a chair and hit the other team in DQ and then, like, go away, go away with the titles? Like, I always think about that. Like, if you, mm -hmm. do, if you don't want to lose your titles, just DQ yourself. I know that's pretty lame if everybody did it, but, like, if you booked it right, like, this is the perfect spot. Be like, this is unfair. I'm going to hit you with a, the, a, a chair or the title and then leave. And everybody gets pissed off because the heels leave with the titles. Well, yeah, that, that's a, it's a good heel thing to do. Yeah, I think the problem here is this. This is all politics. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember hearing something about how there was. <clears throat> it wasn't just management; it was like a political thing too. Um, I'm not sure with who exactly. I think it was Arn Anderson, Paul Roman, and Ric Flair. They kind of politicked this. Uh, who's the fourth horseman right now? By the way, they keep saying we're the four horsemen. We're back, but who's the fourth guy? Uh, I don't know. It's not four horsemen if there's three. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either, and I don't know who who's Dick Paul Roma sucked to be in this position. But here's, here's we're here, so his own, his own, his own vacuum dick. Vacuum <laughs> yeah. he, pulled a, he pulled a disco inferno. Oh, look at this fruit. Oh, he's just like, <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> Let's hang out with him because he's fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, Regal's doing some great heel selling. More examples of great heel selling. Mm -hmm. he, did, he, he took a drop kick and did like a flip. <laughs> and, then just, and then he like took three moves really fast and he was just like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like he just didn't want any more of that shit, whatever it was. Uh, he pulled out a couple of neat moves I've never seen him do before. Like he did that like somersault senton thing, mm -hmm. which Jesse Ventura says was an Edward Carpentier move, and I was like, "Whoa, that's a that's a really old name he just threw out there." Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, talk about like a a guy who competed for like the NWA title probably in like the fifties or some shit. Um, Roma gets worked over wild by Austin Regal and then he tags Arn in and he starts he's got a hot tag so he's cleaning house. He does another big ass backdrop. He's gonna do DT, but then Regal stops him. And then there's just like a bunch of chaos. It, it like breaks down. Mm -hmm. Pillman, I think he gets up on the apron without his crutch. And uh, Sir William has the crutch. Even this finish was kind of dumb. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, all the finish was fucking horrid. It's. It was, I know what they were going for, but it was just executed really poorly. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like you set up like, oh, he's going to accidentally hit Austin, but it's like the thing was it was telegraphed. It was like the timing was like off or some shit because mm -hmm. it, it was too obvious that Austin was coming at him. So then he just, he's like, uh, Austin's coming at him. He's like, okay, I'm ready. Hits him. He's like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to hit you. And Arn rolls him up and pulls the tights and gets three. And it's like they cheated. And then earlier in the match, he threw him over the ropes. And Jesse quickly points out, that's disqualification. <laughs> they should they should lose immediately. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I love that. He points it out, and they're talking about it. And he's like, well, if you've ever cheated, you wouldn't tell anybody about it, would you? <laughs> he's like, no, I don't admit it until the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, I would admit it the day after. What I, what um, I, what I like about Tony Schiavone is like, at a certain point when it's too much where the faces are getting away with shit with the ref, he kind of goes, you're right. <laughs> like, Ventura was making some points. He's like, you ain't wrong and all that stuff. 
while other companies they'll be like, "Shut up, man! What are you talking about? Like th th that's all legal and all it's that." It's fine because he's a good guy. Yeah. Puppies. <laughs> Puppies. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't like one. I didn't like that this was a match. Uh, two, I liked. When you know it wasn't bad, I won't say it's a fucking like super bad, but wait, the way it was booked, this this match should have never happened, or at least they should have modified it where this match would lead on to another higher stakes match, where then finally the four horsemen would win. I think this is just bad politicking and stupid booking, um, but I give this an even five out of ten. What's Chaz? What's the Chaz? Oh, uh, yeah, it's like serviceable, which is I guess like that's about pretty much what a five out of ten is, right at its core. It's a serviceable match, but it's frustrating. We know what well, one what it leads to, as we were talking before. Like this, Austin's not with the company much longer after this, um, and kind of the same way, uh, like uh, Regal gets put in a really shitty situation here. Like, he's just doing his job, but, like, he gets put in a crap situation caught between politics so that the fucking vacuum cleaner can get over. Uh, and I don't know. I, I just think the, whole, the finish was just bad. So I I think because of all those things, there's, like, nothing even great coming out of it, not to mention the next match, which we'll we'll talk about. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I ended up giving it uh, – all right, right here. Oh, okay, never mind. Four and three quarter Chad. I thought it said four and a quarter. I was like, that seems low. Uh, so yeah, four and three quarter Chad. Was... What about you, Zach? <clears throat> I thought it was an okay match. It was just a bit sloppy at times. There was like some fuck ups with the camera work. And some spots it got chaotic. And yeah, the match just felt weird. It didn't feel like <clears throat> things were working correctly or something. And the baby faces got away with a bunch of bullshit, which is also like strange to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I scored it a little higher initially, but I'm going to give it a five point six out of ten. Oh wow, yeah, that's even that's still decently high. It's average. It's, well, the thing is, is, like, despite all this other shit, like if you just look at it <laughs> in a vacuum, mm -hmm. uh, it's not really. There's nothing bad or even below uh, an average point about it. Some things were really good in it, like Austin bumping a lot and Regal just being Regal. <laughs> just, yes, that's true. And you know when Arn would do some shit, it was good. So it's just there's a bunch of weird circumstances and and dreck that's attached to it. I, maybe that's what I'm, I'm getting weighed down by the baggage. I. I, I'll revise mine. I, I'll I'll go ahead and at least stick it to five. I hate like actually saying it's, it's like worse than average because they they're better than that. It's so, just we were when we were talking about when I started talking about the finish again. We were talking about that. I was like, the finish did really suck though. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that did. It was it was lame. It's it, it, it actually what's funny is uh, there's a theme lately. All of the horsemen finishes lately, whether it's tag or if it's flair right now, are kind of like, what, what the fuck? It's over? What? Like, flair just had that horrible botch finish with, uh, with fucking Barry Windham, and then you've got this now. Uh, yeah. Like, just weird fucking finishes when they're, they're going over. It's, it's odd. 
The promo didn't help either. Uh, Paul Roma talked, and I was like, okay, buddy. And then uh, and then Arn Anderson just said, this is what we're here for, for to be the champs and all that stuff. And He kind of repeated what Paul Roma said, just better. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you watch Paul Roma, if you watch the saliva leave in slow motion, you can watch it ferment in midair and turn into cheese curds as it lands. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Eric is just like, and I'm not Paul. I don't know what I'm gonna do with you with Paul Roma when it gets deep into the nitro days. But yeah, and he's looking at him. He's like, you know what? It's a good thing you give a hell of a fucking hand job. <laughs> yeah, because you be working at ECW, and they don't play around over there. They they beat off with fucking razor blades. <laughs> Why, Star? Over there. Speak- I'm kidding. For whoever's listening, I'm kidding. We only have three listeners now after we made all the, the fucking... They did, they did crucify people, though. They did do that. Oh, yeah. Poor, poor Kurt Angle. They almost didn't give us... Think about that. In a different timeline, they actually killed that guy on that crucifix. Raven got fired. Never, He never got to move on any further than that. And Perk Angle just didn't happen because he just got turned off forever from wrestling. I also think of another alternate timeline where Damn. Kurt Angle joined ECW and his career ended like within a year. <laughs> <laughs> like, he fucking overdosed on Perkinsets and died. <laughs> and I don't even think he got. He didn't even get an opportunity to get addicted to pain medication. He just he yeah, because he died from it. He took too many ways too quickly. Pain happened to him probably because Kurt Angle won't say no. So <laughs> yeah, he fucking took the uh, he he took the fucking body drop or something off three-story balcony from fucking uh oh shit what's his new jack he did the perk salt off the balcony perk salt oh i meant to send that to you someone just sent me that thing where he did the fucking perk salt off the the cage and you had like the top down view of him doing it yeah oh god and it like literally said something about look at this top down the bean kicks in (laughs) i was like yes oh we're gonna send it to you Speaking mm-hmm. of beans kicking in, we got two cold Scorpio versus beautiful Bobby. So it was promoted that Scorpio was going to face Regal, but obviously Regal was in the first match. And I guess they had to have this match, which I'm not complaining, but again, this is Clash of Champions, and I guess this is a transition match, I guess. Uh, but Bobby, Eaton, Bobby Eaton looked a little slow in this. What did you guys think of it? Probably because he wasn't ready to fucking wrestle. He probably back there eating a fucking cheeseburger, and they were like, Bobby, we need you to go wrestle because we fucked up everything else in this goddamn show at the start. And then like, he was like, okay, brother. And even though he was, like, fucking surprised and, like, not ready and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, he's still better than a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. about Bobby Eaton's a great worker. I mean, if Rick Flair says you're one of the best workers of all time, then that's, that's hell of a praise. So, like, rest in peace, Bobby. I'm thinking about this now, actually. Uh, like, where they put Regal in that spot? Why, if Bobby Eaton was back there, why just did? Why didn't they just tell him, Bobby, get in a tag match with Austin? You're blonde. You can be a Hollywood blonde for like a day. Not to mention, he's our like currently with uh, with redacted. redacted. He's, he's, he's they're, they're kind of heelish. Like, yeah, it would make sense to put him with them too, and or uh, Scorpio and, and uh, fucking. What's his partner's name? Old, old white bread. Uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, the 1992 Rookie of the Year. Thank you. Uh, 
So they, they could have just had them do the tag match, right? You could have had also, Redacted on the show. Also, you know, we don't need Redacted. I'm, I'm focusing on Bobby. There's also history there because Bobby was in the Dangerous Alliance with Austin and Arn Anderson. Shit. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, I got he's like I got an old buddy to help me out. What? It's but beautiful Bobby. What? Ooh, what? Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like in in two minutes you've already figured out something that immediately was better booking for this. So if people watch this and think, man, it looks like they put this show together five minutes before it started, it's because the first two matches they did. I did a better <laughs> job than them. I'm smarter yeah. than they are. <laughs> anyway. Don't worry, more shocking things happen. Uh, uh, this is this was pretty fun little match mm-hmm. here. Uh, if Bobby was more ready and maybe had more time to talk too cold or whatever, uh, I'm not saying oh they're going to lay out their whole match because people didn't really fucking do that back then. But brother, what do you want to do? It's, I'll do this. I'll do that. And it's like, what about if you do this? If they had a time to talk it over, maybe more, it could have been a little better. Uh, yeah. But my favorite spot in this match is like he's got he's got too cold in the corner and then tony says bobby's known as one of the great punchers in this sport and then he just goes bam you just hear it like immediately his right in the face <laughs> i was like that was i don't know if he meant to do that or not like I, but it was perfect it was good timing oh, yeah I, I thought the match was was really good uh for like the, I guess like for the short nature of what it is, and that's like the redeeming thing too. Is like you just pick two great workers to go out there and just all right, go out there and like make this look good enough because we're we just need you to fill time before we get the the shit stain out there next. I did I uh, did I did like how Bobby and uh, grounded to Cole Scorpio where he just like put him in holds and shit. I, that was really well, and I and I think Scorpio did find countering some of those ground holds where i was like oh shit he he's a little bit technical too i didn't know that scorpio got to sell a little too something he usually doesn't do i'm not saying he's not selling it's just they usually don't put him in a position to sell and like if you're gonna be like a really good baby face which i feel like he could be you gotta sell some Mm -hmm. uh yeah what was it like two cold started uncorking some shit on him like out of nowhere like they, it's when like like bobby's ground him he's putting him in holds and stuff and then all of a sudden he like overpowers him and puts bobby up on the turnbuckle and he just gets up there on the top and then just does a drop kick to him <laughs> drop kicks him out of the ring and lands on his feet i like i like how he fell by the way bobby like he sold that pretty well it was a mm-hmm. oh, shit. it was a tumble and then like then two cold dives out of the ring and lands on bobby he lands on his feet again <laughs> and it's like it's he whips Bobby back in there and he's going to set something up, but like Bobby countered him. I think he did like a one of those like things where you grab the dude's arm and he drops him on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. It happened really fast though. Uh then he does a neck breaker, he hits like a smooth fucking like butter top rope elbow drop for two. I was like, damn, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. And then Scorpio fights back a little bit, does crescent kick the 450 for the pin. That was it. Yeah, 450 where the uh, which by the way I like how Jesse Ventura pointed it out. His fucking knee landed on Bobby Eaton's head, and <laughs> 450 knee drop. Yeah, I thought Kurt Angle invented that move. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fun, uh, fun little match. Uh, you know, thrown together. I again, I. I still think they should have just like you said zach put bobby eaton with stone cold or steve austin i should say 
Uh, and I don't know, either get rid of this match or at least put uh, Regal and Tuco Scorpio because that matchup, th that chemistry between both of them is really good because they've been building that for a while when yeah. we when we watched it. But I give I, I give it a five point seven five out of ten. Yeah, I mean, you know me, I'm I'm all about Too Cold Scorpio. His music always gets me every time. Oh, oh, oh here comes Too Cold Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Too Cold. Uh, uh, I gave it two and a half chances. It, this was uh, better than it. Uh, actually, that's not the right way to say it. It's not better than it deserved to be, but better than than what they they expected it. I think because it's the second match on the show, like. That first match, people were mad about what happened. Uh, and, well, I guess not mad. Be, like, the crowd, like, seemingly are happy about what's going on. But at the same time, it's, like, really confusing and, and just, just just thrown together terribly. So, uh, the second match is following something like that. And, like, I feel like they do a decent job of bringing everything back together a little bit. Because um, it's just good to watch. Um, so, yeah. Good wrestling is good. That's the point. I gave it a 6.2 out of 10. Ah. Yeah. All right. And was there a segment after this match? No. No? All right. Okay. This fucking match. Max Payne versus Johnny B. Bad. Dear God. Norman Jean so or The Mask. I was so fucking mad whenever we we get to this. Because, you know, I'm not looking ahead to see what the card is. I'm letting things just happen on the fly. So the first thing I see what happens, I'm already pissed about the, the tag thing. The, the singles match, they explain how they had to pull Regal from this match to do that. And I'm like, well, that makes fucking sense. And then we had a third match. And then, like, at first they call out Johnny B. Bad. And then they get Max Payne out. Like, why the fuck are they wrestling again? Did, did they not have the blow-off match already? No. Mm -hmm. This is a multi-month program, apparently. Like, I mean, I guess so. If we're going to slog through fucking disease-covered feces, my <laughs> God. Do they want all of us to have cancer? <laughs> I, I I'm sure... just telling you, I'm, I'm going ahead. I skipped this match. Oh, I, you did the skip. Okay. <laughs> I skipped it. I, uh, so, there it is. I didn't. And with that, I'm going to go get something to drink. I, uh, I, here's my thoughts during this match. I said, wow, Johnny B. Bad is wearing a black mask. Man, that's like blackface. That's what I have on my notes. Uh, and then I wrote, man, did Max Payne get fatter? What's wrong with his face? Did you notice, like, something with his face? He shaved. He shaved? Okay. So, and he's fat anyway, so it's like, you know, when you shave when you're fat, it's like you can tell more. And I think he did get a little bit more fatter because his shirt is smaller. Than what it used. Was like three hundred forty-seven pounds. Yeah. Um. Like it. Everything was so messy about this match. And these guys don't work well together. That's what I can't figure out is like why they're dragging this out. It's just like an undercard feud between two guys that like don't really matter, and they're not being positioned for anything greater. Mm. I know they aren't. I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty and everything, but, like, if you go put yourself in the position of, like, these guys trying to book these shows, like, what is the end game here? Like, what's what are they trying to accomplish with this? 
if this is just to fill time, you could do it with any any other kind of way with any other people. And I'm not saying Johnny B. Bad's a bad wrestler. He's oh, he's okay. He's he's one of those guys. Oh, you put on the card to get the crowd going when the show starts, kind of thing. Uh, Max Payne's uh, mixed bag at best. Sometimes he does stuff good. Sometimes he does stuff in his shit. He's mixed ass. He's mixed ass. So, <laughs> I wrote, ugh. <laughs> I wrote, uh, Johnny B. Bad looks ridiculous. And then Max grabs his feet, taking away the satisfaction of the crowd being blasted. <laughs> right in the face. Mm-hmm. And then he starts dropping bows, elbows. Yeah. And then he, he unmasked Johnny in the middle of the match, and it's like what Dubs was saying. He was wearing a black mask, so he thought it was blackface for a second. Yes. <laughs> and then Johnny tries to come back, and he hits a flying head scissors, and then he's like, yeah, and he got clotheslines. And it was like, oh. <laughs> uh, Max drives Johnny in the man. He goes to the top rope for a big – this is my favorite. This is my – simultaneously my favorite and least favorite part of this match at the same time. It was like a singularity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Max goes up to the top rope to do a big splash, which is very uncharacteristic of him, and he misses. And then Johnny just kind of crawls over, like, uh, puts his hand over, but he gets three. <laughs> that's the end of the match. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like exactly how this would end. I'm like, are you, what? <laughs> the end the match off of the miss the top rope move and it's like really weak as fuck and I'm like well the match wasn't longer so it's like they ended it early but at the same time that match was flattered plate full piss some people might say (laughs) I mean that sounds like a fucking banana peel fucking finish yeah and Dubs was saying he thought Max Payne looked fatter so like maybe it was like he was overweight, and him missing that splash just knocked all the wind out of him. And then he just got pinned. This this is the most worthless feud I ever seen. <laughs> it's 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 in contention. It's in the conversation for me. It's like one I didn't need to know about. You know this match build. Like, I didn't need to know. Be like, I'm going to fight you for your mask, and I'm going to be fighting for your guitar. I'm going to fight you for your dignity. Yeah, and it's like, bro, you suck. Uh, (laughs) Mark Marrow, go to WWF. I know that's down the road, but, like... It's a couple years from now. Yeah, nobody wants you, but we want your your big titty wife. Yeah, I want want Sable. Give me Sable. Are you talking about Karen Cross? I'm sorry. It was a hot take. (laughs) <laughs> whoa, whoa, shit. Well, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm I mean, like, to be fair, what's funny is like as bad as all of this is, it still like kind of holds up to like I don't know, like at least half of Matt Hardy's career. But... Uh, <laughs> oh my god! No! Oh, holy shit! I fucking murdered him. No, oh sorry, my... I can't help it. Uh, scissor me. Oh my! You have, yeah. you have to scissor off that. This here. Yeah, scissors. Scissor. I feel like committing a DUI. Um... <laughs> Triple Crown Royal DUI champion. Let's go. <laughs> he almost killed me. Oh, God. Yep, that was perfect. He did it. Like, perfect timing. 
I almost died just now. Oh. <laughs> you did tagline for like something being terrible like this. He's like, I feel, I feel like committing a DUI. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, real quick, I, I got to bring it up because it's funny. Um, something that happened. It was one of the Rampage show uh, matches we had to watch. Uh, someone in the crowd like yelling random shit. Uh, it keeps calling. Uh, Marcus uh, Quinn, he like shaved his head. They keep yelling out about how he looks like Montez Ford. He's like, "You want the smoke, Marcus? You want the smoke?" And then <laughs> it was funny, but then they start yelling about how, "Hey, where's Matt Hardy?" And he does it a second time, and we're like, "Please, no, don't, don't say his name a third time." He's like Beetlejuice; he'll appear and he'll make everything mediocre. And then you show up. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so. Where's Matt Hardy? And I was like, who cares? Yeah, you know, please don't don't say his name. <laughs> um. Yeah, I said, goddamn. Hopefully, this shit is over. Uh. Uh. Four point eight out of ten because it was bad, but it was short, and it wasn't. It didn't have enough time to be really bad, and the finish was like, like I said, simultaneously terrible but like hilarious. <laughs> I'm giving this match a two out of ten, and if I if if I had to compare this match, it's like if I took an orphanage to a field trip to an abortion clinic. <laughs> like, hey, are you being are you being objective? Because I've seen much worse wrestling than this. <laughs> this is this is more of my personal like. It bothers you on a personal like, note. Yeah. Do you not like me? Is it I pick up the bottle and you're like, let me say something and kill him? I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going to lie. Like, the first joke that I did, I did not look at you, like, drinking. But, like, when I said this, I'm like, I'm waiting for him to lean it in. Dude. And then he stopped uh, just before he took the swig. Uh, but, yeah, like, it's, it's more of a personal level. Like, yeah, I agree with you. Like, how it ended, like, that's what it would be. But this is supposed to be a special event. Like... Yeah, this is boring, though. It's, yeah. Why is this on fucking Clash of Champions? Yeah, so that's why I give it a 2 out of 10. But if I want to be, like, objectively, like, I would say a 4. But personal is a 2. <laughs> I'll accept your weird your weird scale. Yes. Okay. Gun to uh, my head. There's no way you'd ever get me to agree that this could have been any better than a 4. And I didn't even fucking watch it. I just heard you guys describe it. There's, there's no fucking way it was better than a four. I'd rather see... Uh, there is. There is. If you actually watched it, you've seen worse wrestling than that. I'd rather see Bash and Booger uh, try to take a shower. I don't know where I'm going with this. Never mind. I was trying to come up with a funny thing to say. But, I'd, I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch Eric Bischoff and Triple H put Eugene inside of a circular room and tell him to find the corner. Piss in. That'd be hilarious. What are you <laughs> talking? About? <laughs> yeah, for the first ten minutes, I, seven hours of that. Just oh, okay. Fucking, you fucked him up there. Yep. See, there it is. I'd rather watch that for seven hours. Uh, you ready for the infamous, uh, shocking? Uh, no. Because before that, Jesse Ventura interviews Johnny after the match. Oh, yeah, that's right. He gets he gloats, and he gets Norma Jean, and he's like, how does it feel to have something important taken away from you? And then he says this, and it makes it even more hilarious. He's going to show everyone what he looks like anyways in three days. He's going to take his mask off. And I'm like, you just buried the whole stipulation by doing that. It's just, yeah. 
it's like fuck that's like saying like like if you that'd be like if you want a loser leaves town match and you want it and then you're like you know what i was leaving anyway <laughs> what the fuck yep get it's re- a vince russo move get wrecked <laughs> now we got yeah the, the infamous uh the the shocking flair for the gold with the Sting and Davy Boy, and their dusters are fucking sweet. They're wearing yeah. red, white, blue dusters and shit, and the Bulldog's got a Bulldog on the back of his. Sting has a Sting on the back of his. <laughs> and, then, and they sit down, and Ric Flair tries to interview them, and then Bulldog just goes off the rails because the bean kicks in, and that's when he talks about cooking. <laughs> and then it just... Dude, that angel dust is fucking going wild and fucking... <laughs> that bulldog's nose is always wet. Oh. <laughs> always. Oh, my goodness. I, got, I, gotta, I gotta say, when Sid Vicious came in, dude, like... that, that is... I laughed my ass off. Because he, <laughs> he just comes out there with, like, Harlem Heat, and he's like, Shut up! You two, shut up! And he starts yelling at everybody to shut up. It's like, what... He looks so angry. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I, I figured something out. There's a little, little things. First off, we're, we're talking about Shockmaster. We'll, we'll get there. I did not realize that that infamous entrance and stuff happened on a bit like this with Player for the Gold. I always thought it was like an intro for a match when he was walking out to wrestle because the only time I'd ever seen it otherwise was watching it like in top ten things you see online about worst intros ever and shit. So it's it's funnier to me to find this is not even a wrestling match; it's part of a segment. But before we get to that, I was like, "What the fuck? Harlem Heat's here? Why is Harlem Heat here?" And it ties into the fact that uh, the way they originally came into the company was they were like this team of like brutes hired by Robert Parker. Remember we talked about how like they like showed up like dark matches and stuff from wrestling, and they look really good, and they're beating the shit out of people, but they're kind of like wanting to pitch them as like slaves, and he owns them as slaves, and they're like, well, we can't put that on television. So I guess like they hadn't been there, and you know we've missed the other shows uh, those few weeks where we we uh, gave it three strikes or whatever, and then Harlem Heat's just there. So I don't know like it, what they did. They just decided to make them Harlem Heat, and then he's just with them. Like, they're just all generic bad guys just together? Is that, like, what they're doing? I guess. I guess. I don't know. Um, I just, I was like, oh, Harlem Heat, what the fuck? And then, like, obviously I found out about uh, War Games that we're getting up to soon. Uh, mm-hmm. War Games! War Games! I wish War I had... Games. A- <laughs> I wish I had a video of just, like, William Regal just screaming War Games right now. That would be funny. Somebody- War Games! Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, what uh, after Sid tells everybody to shut up, that's what Sting and Bulldog are like. Here's here's our partner for War Games, and Sting's like he's gonna shock everybody. Then, <laughs> Do you have the clip? Please tell me you have. If you don't have the clip, I'm gonna be so disappointed. I don't have the clip, but I'll get it. <laughs> oh man, I'll stall. I'll stall. So like, he comes out. It's time. He falls through the wall, and then you hear like the backstage chatter. Like, you hear, everybody's talking about this after he falls through the damn wall. And you hear Ole Anderson back there on the fucking microphone. Uh, Cackling. He's he's laughing. I can't can't do it because WWE uh, copy claims. 
Uh, AEW, I could do that, but not WWE. So. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's he's fucking laughing that you hear Bulldog. He, he fell on his arse and all that. And... <laughs> actually, then... actually, I have a transcript. Um, Ric Flair says, "Oh God, uh, Cole Harlem Heat." I guess one of them was named Cole back then. Uh, yeah, uh, Stevie Ray. They were yeah. named Kate and Cole, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Who, Cole says, "Who is this motherfucker?" Davy Boy Smith says, "He fell flat on his arse." He fell, f- <laughs> he fell flat on his fucking arse. <laughs> <laughs> Bulldog's always got away with words for like just real short. He'll say something. It's like that's like the time that Owen pranked uh, Stu, and he pissed uh, he pissed him off, or whatever. And then like they got uh, somehow he got roped into this. He blamed it on him, and he's like, "That wasn't me. That was Owen. I wasn't even there." <laughs> He's always got those little one-liners. Um, that's what's the best part about this is like that's a genuine reaction to everything, right? Like, yeah, like he, he's not even trying to sell anymore that the guy's like coming in as their partner and it's cool. He's like, <laughs> he just straight up fucking dunks on him. He's like, he fell on his fucking arts. Good <laughs> 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 fuck. They just spent all this time hyping this big guy, and like Sting sells him. Like this man is fucking. Death reincarnated as a professional wrestler. <laughs> it's just like a, it's like a fat guy wearing a periwinkle bedazzled stormtrooper helmet, and he's wearing a vest with like ruffles, like where the his arms go through. It looks like something Becky Lynch would have just got done wearing. And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got that cosmic dildo head helmet on. And <laughs> come on, Sid, you want a piece of me, Sid? That's the best part is like he okay, take take the fact that he doesn't fall, right? Like let's let's just say in another world he he didn't fall. But they they literally sold him like Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior had a baby and that baby wanted to murder everyone on earth. And that baby was tugboat, the stormtrooper helmet. Yeah, he's just a fat guy in a sparkly fucking stormtrooper helmet, and they were gonna sell that like it was it was cool. In that <laughs> alternate timeline, he was gonna he was gonna be main event in WrestleMania in five years. <laughs> uh, by the way, did you know who did the voiceover for the sh- uh, Shockmaster? Oli. Yep. Yeah, he... And he laughed in the beginning when. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that's what we were talking about in the background. You can hear him laughing because he's got the microphone because he's about to talk to him like fucking Dr. Claw. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> when the sun rises, I will, I will have my revenge on you. Should have got, they should have contracted Luna Vachon to do the voiceover for him. It would have been a lot more intimidating. Yeah, they, actually, Luna Vachon should have just been the Shockmaster, no helmet. Just let her come out, and I, it would be more believable that she oh, that'd be could be helped come out. Ah! <laughs> vicious, you don't know the meaning of viciousness. I created vicious, and I'm the one that's gonna get vicious on you and your boys. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Yeah, what, what like, like. When you think of the Shockmaster, you think of a bedazzled fucking Stormtrooper helmet? Like, oh, eh. I think of, like, the Shocker from, like, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. This is, like, the Shockmaster. Maybe they should have called him the Shockmaster instead of the Shocker. I just love how he comes out of the fucking hole and, like, his helmet just tumbles off. I'm like, poor guy. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to say something, and people can think what they want. And take this as, as it is. 
and know that I grew up with WCW. Sting was my favorite wrestler. Sting. All this stuff as a kid. Sting was my man. Dang. All, all these other things I'm saying. If you see this clip and don't think that WCW wasn't on borrowed time by the time they got to to fucking 96, then you're out of your fucking mind. Like, this company should have went under within six months of this airing on television as it is. Like, 12-year-olds, like, that have severe disabilities could come up with better television than this. <laughs> well, this is like... But, like we went, and we, just think about what we watched before this. We just watched that Johnny B. Bad shit. And then, like, the word this now. Well, we watched it. You didn't. Well, you know what I mean. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, this is, yeah, exactly. That was already so bad that I didn't, I skipped it. Is that bad and then you already? Then you came to this. Then you came to and the shock mess. And this is so bad that it's epic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like legendary, right? It's this, like, this is what always happens when they try to, because everybody got into that funk where it's like, well, we got to emulate Vince. We got to do WWF. And the thing is, is like whenever WCW tries to imitate them, it's like even worse. It's it's always like way cringier, way more try hard. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, when they're doing like the bits where they're pretending to be like uh, Ted Turner and shit. Is that what you're? Yeah, what you're talking about or no, no, no like how like how WWF blew up, you know, and there's more sports entertainment in it. Oh, I see what you're saying. So when WCW is trying to emulate that, it's just, yeah. it just comes off way worse. No, you're right. It does. Like, this is, like, it's it's horrid. And, like, you can see that things are thrown, like, together with no thought at all. Or, like, there's an idea put to paper, and they don't have much time to put it together. And, I mean, it is some you think corny when, nonsense. You think when Ric Flair came back to WCW, and then, like, at this very moment when he showed Shockmaster come tumbling out of the wall... Do you think he was like, man, I wish I was back with WWF right now? Did you notice how Flair got out of there as fast as he could? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Flair died. <laughs> like, yeah, Flair fucking died inside. It was like, nope, I'm getting out of this. Like, He's like, as soon as this gets set up, like, like when Sid and them came on, he was already leaving and he was hanging out at the door. He was like back there in the background in the doorway. And then it yeah. was like, as soon as the Shockmaster shit was starting, before he even like fell out of the the door, or the door, the wall, he was gone. He didn't want any of that on him. <laughs> now I'm trying to remember what. Was, okay, so I know tugboat was like his previous thing, but what was uh, what was his thing before that? Because he was the shark, right? Typhoon. Typhoon. No, yeah. No, no, no. That's a different guy. That is a different guy. Ty- typhoon. Yeah. We had typhoon and earthquake, right? Uh, ty- uh typhoon is um. Was he Typhoon? Hang on, I might be confusing Earthquake and Typhoon. Yeah, I think you are. I, Ty, I'm pretty sure Typhoon was the guy that dressed as a fucking shark, right? I know he has the he has a wave on his stomach because I, I was pretty sure that Ty, I was pretty sure that the tugboat. Did, who? You look like Popeye. And that's that's tugboat. Yeah. Hang on, I'm checking. So, Big Bubba, Big Man Steel, the Shockmaster, Siegfried, Uncle Fred, Terminator, Tugboat, Tidal Wave, Typhoon. Okay. Typhoon. He was Typhoon. It's a thought. Yeah, because he was part of the natural disasters. Yeah, our, our, that's John Ted. Oh, that's what I'm thinking about. I got We got it. So Typhoon was Tugboat, who was then Shockmaster. And, and then, then Earthquake was the shark. Earthquake was the shark, and he was just called the shark. That's John Tenta. That's what I was thinking about. Okay, we, we got it. We got our big guys 
moved around here a little bit. You're a fat this guy. poor guy, he it, it sucks because he, he's he's probably a good person, and like it is such oh he like unfortunate he, circumstances happened to him. He's making money off even today. He's still making money off of the bit because people bring like uh, merchandise of him <laughs> falling out of the wall. Uh, like somebody made an action figure of Shockmaster being crashing through a wall. And he's... Well, he might be he might be doing okay now, but just as Dusty would tell you, there there were some hard times. Because mm. <laughs> mm. I feel like his career could have went a different way, oh, just a little different, as this happened. You know, he just not tripped. Although to be fair, then again, the the whole thing is just it had to happen this way, right? What? And just especially him like standing there, fucking like rubbing his titties and shit as he's like <laughs> moving around, like trying to be intimidating. What if thinking, like did you like fucking hemorrhage your head and you're now having a stroke in front of us? What's happening? What if British Bulldog just started saying and and he's cooking and he's cooking and he just keep on repeating that? He's cooking. He's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, time to get into Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Mister Wonderful Paul Ondroff. Um, for the U.S. title, right? Or not the title? TV title. TV title. Yep. Yeah. What, the Ventura is still laughing, by the way. Um, yeah, he's fucking laughing at this shit, too. <laughs> yeah. It's like my favorite thing through the rest of the, the program. Ventura just keeps, like, referencing this shit. And it goes a while. He he goes a long time, and then we get to, like, even, like, the Dustin Rhodes and Rokori thing later. He references <laughs> Like, we've had a ton of surprises entrances like he, anytime you can find a way to crack back at it, he just do it, and he starts laughing really hard. Um, oh man, what it would have been to like have seen how that team tried to deal with, like the the back like the uh, production team trying to like hold their shit together and not just like die laughing at at, at seeing that. Well, uh, they interviewed Tony Schiavone. This was like a podcast, I think, before AEW. Like they asked him about the Shockmaster stuff. And he said, thank God there was a break after that that bit because they were laughing and they were still laughing when they went back on the air. That's why Justin Ventura made the comment about the the Shockmaster and all that stuff. And uh, Oh, man. It, it kind of like, if you think about it, like it was unintentionally funny. And then we went into this funny feud because of the whole Paula bit. So... I guess bravo <laughs> for the Shockmaster uh, for, I guess, continuing the comedy. Uh, Ricky Steamboat comes out with his little dragon wings and his little fucking flamethrower uh, or his torch and stuff. And Just fucking rip off Rocky music. Don't forget <laughs> that. And uh, I noticed, by the way, there's a guy with like a... water in a cup just waiting for him to hand a stick over so he could like... So I, I noticed that um, they're doing the Paula thing again. Not as much as like the other times that we saw. Uh, it seemed like they were all serious because of, of the title. Uh, I don't have a lot of notes. I don't go into depth. I just go, it was a pretty solid match. Uh, I did like the back and forth action that was happening. The flow was good. Uh, and by God, man, Steamboat could sell like, they were both selling really well. And I did like how it finished. And I just loved that Paul Order said, fuck you. And I'm a pile drive you on top of the belt. 
<laughs> on the ramp. Oh, after, yeah, yeah, after the match of all things. Like, he's all celebrating and happy, and he's like, nope, fucking end this guy's career right here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't, I didn't, I didn't go beat for beat for this because I was running low on time. Uh, uh, it was a good wrestling match. Steamboat's one of my favorites. He showed why again here because he had more of a intense uh, match despite the goofy shit that happened before it. Uh, I liked how Paul kept covering him too. How he kept like hooking his arms and shit when he was doing the, the pins. Mm-hmm. He had to keep kicking out. He had to kick out like three or four times before he was like, "All right, fine, I'm done. I'm not gonna pin you." Obviously, <laughs> uh, there was like some of that stuff. Steve Boat was doing like his cool martial arts shit that wasn't the hokey WWF martial arts shit they had him doing a few months ago. Uh-uh. <laughs> um. I like, uh, what else? The, yeah, the finish was cool. I, like, Orndorff's going to body slam and the steamboat just turns it into inside cradle for three. Yep. Like, Whoa! <laughs> that's, but that's how steamboat will win match usually. He, he doesn't really, like, he had, sure, he had a finisher, I guess, cross body from top rope sometime. Yeah, but I don't mind that. Like, it's believable when Ricky Steamboat does it. It's not like we're... <laughs> Baron Corbin, like, out of nowhere just gets fucking small package and, like, loses kind of thing. Steamboat, like, fights and then gets that heroic pin. It's it's nothing like a sudden thing. So, yeah, I like it's that. Like, it's like somebody's tired and then they got pinned. Well, it, <laughs> well Paul Arndorf's one, one arm is bigger than the other. So one got, arm got tired before the other yeah. one. That's why he power drived him on the belt on the ramp because he wanted him to have the same fucking deficiency too. That's why you <laughs> so switch hands when you masturbate. Yeah. So uh, you don't end up with, with, with one large arm and one small one. Larger arm disease. <laughs> uh, I, I gave Glad. this a 7.0 out of 10. It was a good match. <laughs> I heard you got it. Larger arm disease. <laughs> I heard you caught that lad, lad. Lars, uh, what Chaz? What, what's your opinion about the match and what's your score? Oh yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought the the uh, the post match stuff was really interesting too. It's like a, I, it's made, it fit the character pretty well to just be like, you know what. Fuck it! If I can't have this, nobody can. And just like I'm just, I'm just trying to kill you right here. Just commit murder right here in front of everybody. Please stop. Uh, yeah, I, I gave it uh, six and, and uh, three quarter chasms. It was, it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. Yep, I give it a six out of ten. Um, not too, not a lot of Paula, and it just felt like a good match. Uh, after all the shit that we just saw, I'm 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 happy that this was a good match. Yeah, it's funny how like the first half of this, the the first half of this whole pay per view is just like, what am I watching? This is horrible. Like it, right? That's not fair to the the tag match or Scorpio. It, it, it's like, uh, but it's not, I'm really confused. And then I just like hit a turd. Shockmaster is just epic fail, <laughs> but in the best way now, right? So it's just like endearing. Uh. It, but yeah, it just turns around all of a sudden, right? Like a big swing in the other direction. Well, for a second. Uh, then we get the promo of Harley Race being angry. 
talking to diabetes and glucose um and i i just don't care for them man like can can we rename them can we call them lantus and novolog doc talk those are two different forms of medications of of insulin one's a long acting and one's a short acting yeah but they're that's supposed to help these guys don't help no no that's the point one needs lantus and one needs novolog uh well, eh, I still like calling them the the, the bad things. The bad. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I tried. Uh yeah, he's mostly talking about Ric Flair too. He's like, I'm gonna make you pay for trying to embarrass me. Yeah, I'm Harley Race. I'm angry. Because yeah. <laughs> I guess we missed when Ric Flair uh, punched Harley Race at some point, probably. Spoiler. That's not the last time. This is that wasn't the last time Ric Flair punches him either. <laughs> yeah, we also missed how like out of nowhere Ric Flair and Sting are just buddies. Sure, why not? They have respect for each other. He beat him. You know, it was a long time yeah. ago. So they said some things. He said yeah. his dad died. Yeah. And he got I'm fighting the end of the earth with you, and I'm thinking like, do you not remember the Black Scorpion? You idiot. Nobody wants to remember the black scorpion. Yeah, I had to be. Yeah, kind of what I realized. I was like, oh, no, never mind. He turned over, <laughs> he turned over to Ron, watched a couple of those MK Ultras, and forgot everything. Blitz his mind. It was a mind erase. And he turned, so, a, turned a fucking prostitution house into a church. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm just saying shit now. Uh, so we got Stig Ric Flair versus Colossal Cogs with Harley Race. I'm disappointed in this match. And I, it, I wasn't. I, you, you, you lay out your case first. It felt weird. Like, yes, yeah, Sting was doing his thing, and it felt like Ric Flair was like out of place. Like, because like Sting's like, I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna do everything, and Ric Flair comes in, takes a little bumps, and then it's like back to Sting, uh, and then it ended. And I was like, why did this need to be a match? Like, okay. I I understand Sting and Ric Flair to, as a team that's wild during this time. But at the same time, the, the fucking diabetes train, um, like, they're not good. And I don't believe that they're good. And that's bad. Yeah. Now oh, yeah, they're just fat. Here here's here's why I say he's fat. they were fat. They both were fat. Uh this is why I say it was okay for what it was. Because they realized, like everybody else did after their first match, these guys are fucking terrible. Well, we're building them up. We gotta do something with them. And this is an old fucking wrestling term idea, booking idea. It's called stealing a house. Which is like you have somebody that's like not good and you can build it as an attraction, but only for like one use. It's like a disposable camera or something. So like imagine the great Kali or uh, perhaps a more pertinent example, giant Gonzalez is stealing the house. But the thing is Vincent man is stubborn and he's he he was not going to steal the house with him. He's going to keep pushing him. So, uh, 
but the but the old way was well this guy's the shits but i can build a match out of him that people want to see one time and they won't ever want to see it again because they know he'll suck after that mm-hmm. that's what this is so because they're not i they're not going to do anything else to them after this there's no way they can't have an extended match with Sting and Ric Flair, even if it is Sting and Ric Flair. They both weigh fucking 500 pounds, and they're not Yokozuna, so it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah they're 500 I'm... pounds, and they move like they're 800 pounds. That's yeah, this is what I started thinking about the, the diagram of, of, of fat wrestlers, like where, where talent is and where size is and where uselessness lies and, and all that other stuff. I'm assuming these guys are like the corner of like how they, they are mobile but also fat and not athletic. Yeah, it's like they're in the worst possible like like area or something. Yeah, <laughs> they're like on their fifth uh, 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 crave case at White Castle. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Oof. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's 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 a hard hit. So yeah, they they did the only thing they could do, and to be fair, you have to acknowledge people went ape shit when Sting went ape shit on these guys and was just beating their asses. Oh, right immediately. Yeah, he just picks them up and slams them both. And they were like, yeah! Anytime Stang does something, everybody's into it. That was impressive. What is it? I I said that was impressive. Like, you got to think about it, like, at least for me. Like, man, like, Sting is big, but those guys are fucking huge and fat. And he's just, like, scooping them, like, an ice cream sundae. I don't know. I'm just... (laughs) Yeah. And just kept on dropping it like it's nothing. You got a pair of Mango Sentinels. Y'all think of the New York Knicks. He's <laughs> <laughs> just scooping it. People are going ape shit. And then, like, Flair gets into it because he, he starts punching the other guy because it's like, we can't have a match. There's no way we can have a match. It's going to be good. So this is what we're going to do. We're just going to fight. And then Sting's going to, like, do everything. And then he, Rick's going to go fight Harley to get another pop because he's hitting Harley. And then Sting beats him with the big splash. He beats Glucose or, or whatever with the big splash. And it was over. And, and you had Harley yell, it's impossible! It's impossible! And it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it, it was... A, I was like, wait a minute. That was a squash. They didn't do anything. Yeah. They literally just got their asses kicked. <laughs> yeah, they did literally nothing. They they just I, I'm assuming that they got in there and what actually happened, they were supposed to have like an actual match, but one of them their their blood sugar was, was too high and he called he called Sting like some type of racial slur. Um, that didn't make any sense and No Ooga Booga and he got mad, he started slamming him. Actually, yeah. he he was deep throating Bastion Booger's fucking ice cream, uh, and that's when he got a uh, diabetes shock, and th- that's that's why he lost. Uh, listen, this this is a squash, and what's bad is like these are managed by Harley Race, and they're supposed to be unstoppable. Now I understand it's Ric Flair and and fucking Stang, but. They didn't get any offense at all. No. Squash. This was the best option. I mean, mm. they weren't going to have a good match. Uh, there's no way, even with these guys. And they did what they could. And at the end of the day, they got a positive out of it because two of your biggest stars are just, they look more awesome because they beat these fat fuck guys that everybody thought was awesome. Or they, they yeah. made to try to think people would think that they were awesome. 
Yep. So you guys didn't rate it. I actually rated this. <laughs> because even though it is a squash match, it was such a right decision to squash these guys after all the bullshit we watched over it and like everything. I actually gave it a 9 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> because I also like I am a little biased. Like I'm literally seeing two of my favorite wrestlers of all time who like are rivals team together in a rare instance. That's unironic so far. There's also actually there's actually something really cool about this match too, and you can notice it. I mean, Flair still does like some stuff here where he's selling as a face, but Flair's never always full face. He's always like just Flair, and he just like it's like either Flair's like full on bad guy or Flair is the cool guy. He's like the Fonz basically. Uh, so that's what happens in this match. Flair is suddenly letting Sting just do everything like intentionally and like will hype him up and whatever. It's like getting all, but he's like soaking all the crowd reaction in too to get all the attention, and that's gonna build the shit later because you know they have this thing where they they talk about the match they're gonna have, but because uh, they're gonna face each other in the promo and whatever. But later on, like this builds around like that tension about war games and and everything else, and and leads eventually to you know the betrayal, right? Like this is actually like a subtle thing that you wouldn't think of now, but if once you know, you you know. So this is kind of cool. Um, so I'm taking that into it a little bit. And also, like, the fact that they, they decided to squash him after all the pushing was just so fucking hilarious. So yeah. t- take it for what it is. Like, that, to me, like, even if they did squash him, like, it was such a right thing to do because they're not squashing nobodies. They're squashing people that got pushed pretty hard and put Harley Race behind them. So kudos. This, this was awesome. Uh, after the match, Tony Schiavone talks with Ric Flair and Sting, and they're having kind of like a respect promo kind of thing. But like, we were teammates here, and it was good, but now it's time to, like, face each other. And he's like, I'm proud to be facing you. And they, they shake each other's hands in the end. They should have kissed. I don't know, fucked, maybe. Yeah, no, that, that's the best part. He's like, I respect you, and I follow you to the end of the earth, and I love you, and you're my guy. You are Sting, and I'm Flair, and mm. we're going to be great. Woo! No one getting well in a couple months. He's, he's going <laughs> to fuck him over again. That's the best part. He's like, Sting, you never learn. Like, Sting has head trauma. Uh, he never knows. He's like, it's 50 first dates, but, he, but he's an awesome wrestler. It kind of puts respect in a way, because, like, Rick Flair knows that Sting is good and he's probably one of the people that could beat Rick Flair and that's why he turns on him probably that probably part of the booking there um are you ready for the secret partner for Dustin Rhodes yeah <laughs> so th- throughout the whole match uh the whole night we've been hearing about the fucking 1993 Camaro which I right off the bat I thought of you, Zach. I'm like he's probably gushing over fucking cars right now. Were you? Jesse Ventura was doing it for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps like, going on. I know a lot about cars. It's, I, the only thing I know more about cars or know more of is wrestling. I thought he was going <laughs> to say women, but he said wrestling, and I was like, oh. Well, you fucking loser. As <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of thinking, it's like, come on, Jesse, you go on about getting all weird in the beach. Yeah, it's just he set himself up, but he said the wrong thing. Now he just looks like he has autism. Is it? Yeah, he's like, I know even more about trains. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the the car looked cool, and then it 
was like you can clearly see it's like oh there's a road warrior in the car <laughs> did he look silly like he looked silly with those shoulder pads driving a fucking camaro like no, i would so when you're wearing those shoulder pads no, i never i was laughing my ass off i was like what the fuck i mean like maybe he's once that airbag pops that fucking pointy thing on his fucking <laughs> shoulders are gonna pop it <laughs> but uh yeah a car comes out cool um Rick Rude is fucking amazing, by the way. Just fucking taunting every fat man in the crowd uh, while he takes off his robe and shows what a real man is. Uh, yeah, high T man. Yeah. A man that knows how to sell. Equalizer looks like he just snorted a fucking cocaine mixed with PCP and fucking uh, pixie, du- pixie dust or whatever. And he's fucking yeah. wired and ready to, I don't know, s- smash Dustin. Uh Adams. I didn't get this, by the way. So, Animal was riding the car. He gets on the apron, right? And Rick yeah. Rude goes, we scouted this. We knew this was going to happen. And then out of nowhere, Hawk shows up. And then it was Hawk. And then he was like, no! Yeah. No! <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess he's saying he was ready for Animal. Because, okay, here's there's this is deep lore. Uh, at the time, I, I think the Road Warriors were split up for a little bit because uh, Hawk was, like, wrestling in Japan and Animal was not, and they were kind of pissed at each other. So I think mm-hmm. most people thought the Road Warriors were still broken up. So See, not, even, not even that. Like, this is, like, not just Road Warriors being broken up. This is the last time they were together briefly was, like, LOD, right? Yep. Yeah, so, like, that's what happens, and the, the, the crowd is going fucking crazy for this. This is literally the reunion of the Road Warriors, and LOD is being, like, chanted, like, repeatedly. People are, like, flipping out. And even Shivani even says it. The Road Warriors are back! Like, it's it's a bigger deal than you realize. Like, mm. yeah, as it, like, that's why this show is actually really monumental. Like, you have, like, this, like, a bunch of stuff that happens in the show that's actually a big deal at the time. The, the Shockmaster thing being just, like, it's timeless now for how bad it is, and so that's good. It's like the pug of wrestling segments. Uh, <laughs> I'm not wrong. It's literally <laughs> flat face, like, licking its own nose and, like, <laughs> and shit. Like, that's what it is. But then you also have, you have the fucking Road Warriors. Like, the, like, the, like, like one of the greatest if not the at that time the absolute like biggest tag team ever in wrestling split up and now they're they're reunited and they're in wcw it's fucking huge that's a that's a big fucking deal um that's why i excuse rude being like oh uh, hawk fuck because he didn't expect hawk okay (laughs) i that that lore makes a lot more sense and now i appreciate it um but, like, when I first watched it, I was like, okay. <laughs> like, all right, Hawk is here. And then, like, I didn't know the lore. So now I appreciate it. Uh, I had to say, I got my atomic drop. 10, out of, 10 out of 10. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Five stars in Tokyo Dome. Yeah. <laughs> it takes an atomic drop in Tokyo Dome. It's like 11. Yeah. <laughs> And we got and we got a Rick Rude selling it too, where he's just like frozen up and it looked like his nuts is all the way up to his fucking ribs. 
Uh, like his body's gonna crack in half. I want you know what I want sidebar. I want uh, I want them to make an unironic like grappler in the Mortal Kombat series. And his one of his fatalities is he does an atomic drop so bad it just splits the person in half. Yes. Mm-hmm. There it is. Make it happen. You get a picture oh, of Rick Rude. Fun. You got a picture of Rick Rude in the corner being like, whoopsie. Sorry. <laughs> just gyrating. Hawk <laughs> pretty good in this match. Uh, equalizer, not so much. That's oh, the first no. Actually. And he was like awkward and shit. And there was like this spot where like Hawk was going to do a neck breaker. And it was like Hawk would decide to do, to do the slow neck breaker, the one that looks pretty awesome when you do it like that. And I guess he thought, okay, he's doing a neck breaker. So he spun out of it like really fast, just kind of landed on his ass. And then Hawk was like, oh. And he picks him up and just gets, goes into another spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rude and Dustin did some cool shit for a few minutes and they were cooking, as Bulldog says. <laughs> cooking. Dustin was throwing the jab. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> Dustin starts going ape shit at somebody and doing like, you know, punching the shit out of someone or whatever. People go fucking nuts for that. Uh, and then the inverted atomic drop happens. And then at some, this is my favorite part of this match. At some point, Hawk just runs into the ring illegally and just starts wrecking everybody. And like the referee can't stop him. It's like, it's like he won't disqualify them. Because it's out of fear. He's like, oh, fuck it, he'll kill me. Yeah, yeah you, you do it. So it's yeah. like, I guess I I guess he's just allowed. <laughs> he's like picking up like rude and throwing him in the equalizer and shit. It's just funny. Uh, then he, uh, I think Equalizer picks Dustin up like he's gonna front slam him or some shit, and then yeah. Hawk up on the turnbuckle and just runs into him while he's holding Dustin, and it turns into like a weird crossbody, and that's how they get three. Yeah, it, it was a nice like I was impressed with Hawk. Like Hawk, like brought it on, and he got his spots in. Uh, and like another match where like it took someone off the top rope, a teammate, to hit his other teammate to get the win. Now the mechanics of that one didn't confuse me as much as the Mabel bulldogging your, your ally into your, your enemy <laughs> somehow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I gave it a, I said it was fun for what it was. 6.0 out of 10. Chad's what about you? Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Rick Rude is great at selling. I did figure this out is, my my funny take on the equalizer because I've been trying to think for a while what he is. But you guys ever play Cards Against Humanity? Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going somewhere with this. I promise. You know that that card, like in the original one, it's my favorite card. It's just bees, all, all capitals with question marks. <laughs> yeah. if, if if a wizard turned that into a human, bees? it would be the equalizer. Bees, <laughs> like he's just like running around swinging and shit, and he's like can't control his body, and he looks like he's having a goddamn allergic reaction all the fucking time that's him that's that's the equalizer um so anyway now that i got that out there uh yeah i thought the match overall was good i think uh dustin i mean again his work's been pretty consistently good for what they're giving him and it's like but you can almost feel like he is a stepping stone to things it's like whatever he's doing is leading to something bigger for everyone else but him which is kind of disappointing um and again, that's just my take on it, like, in the short period I've been watching. But 
it's like, man, I want him to get more or get a get a better a chance for things. But uh, the Road Warriors coming back together is awesome. They can get its own rating. That's just like that's epic. Um, but uh, the match itself, I thought it was okay. Um, I, I gave it uh, oh six uh, and a quarter. Chaz, sorry. I keep like making my sevens and twos look the same. I gotta stop fucking doing that. Um, so yeah, six and a quarter chances. Uh, yeah. I give the match uh six point two Tony Khan hugs out of ten. Um, because it was a good match. I was just a little confused with the whole uh Road Warriors thing and why it was big during that time. So thank you, Zach, for the little story time. Uh, um, but yeah, I, it was a good match. After what we've got throughout this whole fucking card, business, as JR would say, business is kind of picking up. But he says business is picking up, but it's kind of picking up here. Because we got our boy Vader in our main event. <laughs> in the title can change hands via DQ match. Boy, they did such a shit job explaining what this meant, and it was really <laughs> confusing at first. So you had to hear it like two or three times to know what they're trying to say. Yeah, I didn't. Even, oh, I, I skipped the entrances because I was trying to save time. I guess I missed that. Yeah, so they they actually spent a while trying to explain it because they talk in a big fucking circle. Basically, the point was is that if Vader got DQ'd, he could lose the title, but yeah. they kept calling it a no DQ match. So the name the, the this match was a no disqualification match for the title, but that did not mean that there weren't any DQs. It meant that if Vader got DQ'd, he lost the title. They kept on saying it this. Was so fucking stupid. They said no disqualification qual uh, disqualification uh, granted or something. Clause. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No disqualification clause. No yeah. DQ clause. Yeah, and you're just like so. You could do anything, <laughs> like because there's no DQ, right? <laughs> and like, nope. and they kept on repeating it over. And, oh, by the way, we forgot to mention like most of the uh, guest ringer announcer was Michael Buffer, and mm, yeah. this was like early on before like the Nitro days where it looks like he's like reading all this bullshit. Like, remember when they uh, did the the the, the Diabetes Brothers and and they're like from South Africa. In like the deep, deep depths of South Africa, something like that. But um, yeah, Michael Buffer is there. And how did this match come to be, by the way? Uh, well, if we watched the show and we didn't strike it, we probably know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like that's that's kind of how I feel about some of the things happening. It's like uh, it's not our fault. I mean, if they just made a better show, we wouldn't have to have skipped it. But uh -huh. log was getting a rematch. So, sure. Because, <laughs> I don't know, I liked the first one, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take another one of those. And uh, Vader got some of that. He got a little bit of that at the start, because they started fighting on the ramp. And He took his mask oh, off right away. They got pissed and just started hammering each other. And then, yeah, he just threw his mask off. That's, you know, serious. Mm -hmm. Bulldog gets him up in a delayed suplex on the ramp. He's like, oh, God. And he hits a big clothesline. He's hyping everybody up. And then they go in the ring. They fight for a while. And then they go outside. This is my favorite part. Because it reminded me of like what happened at, at, at Dynamite. Vader 
goes his body block bulldog on the railing and then bulldog gets out of the way and vader's like oh my titties and he has to sell it for a minute <laughs> <laughs> and then like bulldog grabs him and he like does that thing where he just kind of suplex a guy over onto like the ropes or something instead it was like the railing did you see that lady's <laughs> face yeah, then Vader was like, oh, fuck. And he had the wherewithal to, like, you know, not land on a bunch of people. So he just kind of hanged there. And then that guy, had, like, three or four seats over, like, stood up and was like, yeah, and, like, shoved him over the railing. <laughs> <laughs> he got away with it. Oh, my favorite part is, like, I was watching the, the, the lady in the front row, like, actually having fun. But then when once Vader was like literally in her lap, she was terrified, and then that's when like the the mullet guy came over and just like nonchalantly just like, put him uh, over, like a fucking boss. Like it wasn't even a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if maybe he's like, "Hey, brother, can you push me over?" You think he might have said that? Maybe. Nah. No. Nah. I think I think he was just a hardcore wrestling fan, and he knew Vader was stuck. Ah. Uh. <laughs> but uh. They go back and forth for uh, a while after that. Good stuff. You know, they're like hit, Vader's hitting his big moves. He hit the uh, the infamous, I'm going to elbow drop your nut sack, but not really. One of my favorite moves he does. Especially when he does it to Ric Flair. You think he's like getting fucking castrated or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, when they have that match, he's like, I, I still remember it to this day. He goes, he hits that elbow drop and Ric Flair's like, Ah! Ah! God! <laughs> he's, he's screaming for God. <laughs> Not the helicopter! <laughs> uh, Vader, he starts doing, like, stuff off the top rope. He starts doing, like, the big splash. He does... He goes for a second rope body block, but then Bulldog reverses it into the power slam, and he wipes the referee out. And he could have got three. He had him. Mm-hmm. Had him visible three, yep. Yeah, and then Bulldog's like, fuck. Instead of like being like, fuck, I blew it, he just is like, all right, I'm going to suplex him. Fuck, and, then Har- and then Harley Race comes out of nowhere and chop blocks him. Yeah, he like sl- slides through the, the bottom rope and kind of like awkwardly crawls over there and chop blocks him. And then he's like, oh shit, and then Vader just collapses on him and he gets pinned. And it's like, damn. It was a good match. Uh, like, this I I like how they played around with the uh, we're fucking heels and we're still gonna do a DQ without your knowledge because the referee's been knocked out. Yeah, so, if you didn't see it, then you can't get DQ. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's, that's how it works. Unless it's like totally wrestling uh, fuckery, where you're like out of nowhere another referee comes out and says he cheated. Sometimes, remember when sometimes they do that. Yeah, sometimes that happens. It always made oh, more play sense. Play it, play it. He cheated. Play it, he cheated. It always made more sense when they had Earl Hebner do that because that's the senior official. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Like, that, that senior referee came out. The Gandalf of referees came out and corrected that. Oh, yeah, like the false finish thing where they go on and then someone comes, no, 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 not that bullshit. Not today. Yeah. yeah. I am the white wizard ref. <laughs> you, will, you will fix this. Um, I give it uh it was different from their first match which it needed to be and it was fine it was more like this one was more like a wild brawl than how the first match was like just more of a straightforward match mm-hmm. uh i gave it a 7.3 out of 10 yeah yeah good match is good i i gave it just the, the nice solid seven 
And same here. I gave it a lucky number seven. Uh, it's not, it's not his best match that I've seen, but it's not bad. So, it, a seven is good. If if you're if you're doing if your average is a seven, then you know you're a good wrestler, and that's what Vader was all about. But we do have a uh, surprise. Very quick surprise. Yes, and it's, it's not a macho measure. Yes. No, it was a it was a cactus jack who who came back from being lost in Cleveland. He just fucking like t t tackled Vader and started screeching and 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 windmilling him. <laughs> and then Vader's like, "Fuck this!" and he just gets out of that and walks <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, so Cactus is back and he does bang bangs and that's that's how the show closes and. We're getting it. We're gonna we're gonna get that Vader and Cactus Jack fucking throwing bombs soon, right? Yeah, it's it's gonna continue. They're, I think they have a couple of matches after this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, got it. Uh, my overall thoughts the show was we got a pair of good matches, some mostly okay stuff. Can't wait to see Cactus and Vader again. I'm curious about Sting and Flair on Saturday. Yes. Uh, 6.1 out of 10. Alright, Chaz, what about you? There's a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Uh, it's it's weird. Like, they're, as much as, like, it, the show's feel disjointed, but they, they are riding the wave of the sheer star power they have at the top end of the card. But they, they are just, like, just butt-fucking mid-card and below in, in a way, because they're just, like, just throwing it together and it kind of sucks um in that way um yeah i i'm kind of thinking about changing mine a little uh in a good way um i i originally just put six but i i, I think i'm gonna give it six and a half because i think the show i think it's just as important that a show ends strong i feel like the show that show picked up steam at the end, uh, and I really liked the, the tag team match. The Road Warriors coming back together, like that actually is much more iconic than people realize. And then it's an underrated moment uh, in wrestling history because that was, that was a time where no one thought they were going to come back together. Um, and then, of course, the, the Vader match was just a solid way to finish. You get Cactus coming back finally. Uh, so, yeah, six, six and a half shadows. Um, a lot of lows for me, but the highs definitely stick out. Um, and Vader always saves a show for me. It, it, you put Vader in any card, I will love the show. Um, so mine's going to be a 6.5 out of 10. I truly do want to see, I truly do want to see Ric Flair versus, versus Stang, uh, in three days. So I, I got to see if it's in, on Peacock or if I could find it somehow. Because that, that's going to be a hell of a match. Um, but anyway. But anyway, that was our review. Um, we have SummerSlam up. What are we What are we going to do? Are we going to do SummerSlam and then the end of the month awards? Or do we want to do SummerSlam and then next episode we do the awards uh if we can't find SummerSlam spectacular it'll be just SummerSlam awards mm -hmm. okay yeah I, I like that too 
Yeah, if we find SummerSlam and Spectacular, rather than you, I think you could probably get away with doing both of those and then awards with something else. Okay. Well, you might be seeing SummerSlam uh, Spectacular, or you might just see SummerSlam or the award show. So keep an eye out. Um, but if you want to catch more of getting some color, unless you guys have other any other thing you want to bring up before we close out. Judging, no. by, judging no. by the silence. No, okay. No. Get, uh, get the fuck out of here. Go get, home. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Go on fucking Spotify. Go on fucking Amazon. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, Alexa. Uh, also, Apple Podcasts. Also, uh, anything that says pod and cast. If it's on a website, we're probably there. Uh, and Big Trouble Little Podcast. What's the next movie we're seeing on there, by the way? Bram Stoker's Dracula. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, if you want to catch some mo- movies typing uh, Big Trouble Podcast. But until next time, everybody, remember, Bastion Booger's fat. Bye, guys. We'll cook. We'll cook again next week.